game of chess is like a sword fight. You must think first, right? Before you move. Boonstyle is immensely strong and immune to nearly any weapon. When it's properly used, it's almost invincible. I'ma give it to ya, with no trivia Roll like cocaine straight from Bolivia My hip-hop will rock and shock the nation Like the Emancipation Proclamation We give MCs a poach with slang is dead Them eyes are running to the wall and bang your head I push a force, I force you doubting I'm making devils cower to the caucus mountain Well, I'm the sire, I set the microphone on fire Rap styles vary and carry like Mariah I come from the Shaolin slum And the ally I'm from is coming through with enough niggas Enough guns, so if you wanna come sweating Stressing, contesting you got your soft swords at the midsection. Don't talk the talk if you can't walk the walk. Phony niggas that outline the chalk. A mad vex is what the projects made me. Rebel to the grain, there's no way to barricade me. Steamroller niggas like an 18 wheeler. What the drunk driver driving? There's no surviving. Rough like Timberland, where? Yeah, me and the clan and yo, the land cruisers out there. Peace to all the crooks, all the niggas with bad looks. Ball head braids, blows us up. We pack home checks, nigga, play the max. Black axe, drug dealing styles with fat stacks. Only been a good nigga for a minute though, cause I got to get my props and win it. Yo, I got beef with commercial ass niggas with gold teeth. Camping in a Lexus seat and beef, straight up and down, don't even bother. I got 40 niggas up in here now who kill niggas for my peoples, are you with me where you at? In the front, in the back, kill the bees on the back. My peoples, are you with me where you at? Smoking up, hitting cats on the block with the gas. Here I go, deep tight flow. Jack, you stole, can never get this. No, I'm Terry Bomb and shit. Boom, that's warming up a little bit. Rapping in is what's happening. Keep the pockets stacking in, hands clapping in. At the party when I move my body. Gotta get up and be somebody. Grab the microphone, put strength to the bone. Dan, dan, dan. Until the Wu-Tang's on. Sure enough, when I rock that stuff up. Oh, boys, we are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. And, hey, I hate to come straight in with a promo. But if anyone hasn't seen... 30, uh, the new Wu-Tang American Saga on Hulu. Check that shit out. It's a Good stuff. Se, uh, season two is all about making 36 chambers. So just saying, guys, check that shit out. Um, hey, and also, you guys have been missing us. We've been missing you. Uh, it's just a uh, we're going to I don't know if it's going to be every week now. We're gonna just going to try as best we can because we're going to miss next week for uh, Beast of the East, right? I think so. And then we'll be back after that. And then uh, hey, we're just going to try the best we can to do it when the, when the hell we can. But it's going to be a great show whenever we can get the hell around to it. You trout fishing on Sunday? Again? I don't think so. Nope. I don't know what I'm going to do. Depends on how the weekend goes. Gotcha. I think my wife already has something planned for me on Sunday that I said I'd go to. But uh, Saturday, man. I told uh, I told Matt I was like, you got need help setting the stage up. You're setting everything up. I'll I'll be out there, man. So I'm not fishing. So can you go yeah, volunteer like you said your last time? I'll volunteer. Nice. Like you said last week, check. he's going to be doing that and really not fishing Saturday. So yeah, that's why I figured I'd give him a hand doing that stuff. Oh, I'm excited. Oh yeah, go real yeah. quick. Yeah, Couple days. Is. I know. I looked at my wife. I'm like, I don't have shit ready. I, I need to get some fully stuff ready. Packed. <laughs> Lines washed. You're packed already. <laughs> complete. I have so much tie in to do that like literally like I'll tie for a few hours and then I'll take like a twenty minute break to do some and then like keep going back just so I can just keep tying through the week. I'll tie right till Wednesday night and 
leave Thursday morning. What do you think about this guy? You think it's going to catch a, a real deal striper out of the salt water? I would think. I don't know. The hook's a little big, but. Yeah. See how it rides, and if it doesn't, wrap a little lead around it to keel it. No. Oh, that's a four-on hook, man. That's going to swim just like that. It should. <laughs> it's a light wire, but it should. Oh, yeah. It's got le- it it doesn't may have wanna, material on it. It may <clears> want to <throat> wobble, but it should be fine. Yeah, man. I think she's going to catch a striper. Yeah, it's one of the few times. Beast is one of the few times I get to, uh, I get to talk to uh, Matt, how this out of town, and Benazette. But uh, that's one of my favorite times of the year. We I get to float the river a couple times, and I really enjoy that float and that section of the river. It's a beautiful area. Yeah, it is. It reminds awesome. me, I need to get you. I'll have to swing by probably Wednesday night and grab the key off you. Yeah. So it'll be opened up when you, by the time you get there Thursday. Yeah, I should have all the keys. Pretty sure. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll line up by Wednesday. No biggie. I'll swing by. Grab my full Rick. I think that's what we did last year. So, tonight's show is being brought to you by Private Fly Gear. Check them out at privateflygear.com. A-Rex Hooks. Freshwater, saltwater. Find them at A-Rex.com. Sims Fishing. Fish it well. Simsfishing.com. Tonight's show is being recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at urbanflycompany.com. Down to Earth Wealth Management. Check out Michael. Clean City Guiding. Check out our buddy Ryan Evans. CleanCityGuiding.com. Don't call the bank. Call Frank, man. Check out our br- buddy Frank Zubel. Yeti. Built for the wild. So, uh, we do have a guest this evening. Sure uh, Josh Meltzer coming on. Mr. Bam Bam Fly. Or Bam Bam on the Fly. Fly Guy. Bam Bam Fly Guy. That's it. You can see we've yep. been doing homework, too, on our time off. <laughs> They've poked some fish lately, so there'll be a lot to talk about there. It's, I didn't realize how long it's been since we talked to him. Like a year and a half or more. Has it been? Yeah. I thought it was like six or seven months ago. No, I started like scrolling through. I was like, you know, I'll check on Instagram. By the time I stopped scrolling, I was like, doggone, I should have just went and searched the name and pod me and it'd been a heck of a lot quicker than this. Yeah. Way down there. So uh, before we uh, start talking about our guest, we, we got some time. We've been off for two weeks. Mark, you've had a couple guide trips. Uh, Jay and I have both done some things. Um, where do we want to start? You tell um, me. I think my fun started last Saturday. <clears throat> well, I went fishing with Pat. Yes. Up in Benazette. And, right. uh, Let, let's go to th- that Thursday. Pat started texting you and me mm-hmm. independently of one another. And I told him, I wanted to go to the mountains and catch a brook trout with my pup. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, fuck you, man. I, I, I want to go catch the white ghost. And I said, all right, man. Well, that's fine. I, I'm going to go do my thing. And then he started texting you, I, I guess, after that. Well, even before that, I uh, I fished with him in in his hometown area. Oh, yeah. I didn't get to talk about that. And just, you know, went and did a little smallmouth float up there. Water was really, really low. There were a bajillion smallmouth in this place. Um, see them all over. I could see them. They could see me. <laughs> and were they waving their middle fin at you? I had one f- nice one. You had probably 18 inches fall right to the boat, and then just seeing everything and went, oh, yeah, see you later. But I can imagine if you had a little bit of high water, or even some water at all. Oh my gosh, that'd be a hell of and it's that'd beautiful, be a beautiful float mountains all over the place. So it was cool, fun little travel and trout water too. Um, there's, there is trout water up there, but not where you guys were. No, that was small. No, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So that's, you guys get any, uh, 
Two or three? Yeah, not many. A few Any, little ones. Anything big? Nope. I think P, uh, Pap got like 14 or so, something like that. That's not, huge. Yeah, I mean, huge. But no. Pat's a huge fly fisherman. But I got to meet Pat's son. Nice young man. So Which one, the, old, the older one or the younger older, one? Older, older, yeah. Does he float with you guys? Yeah. Does he, he, still he floated with Pat and then I floated with my dad. So. Does he still have a glorious mullet? I don't remember the mullet. Oh, he had one when he came down hybrid fishing last time. I know he said he wanted a hybrid too. So he was pissed at his dad when he came down. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, also I missed a brook trout. He sent me to a brook trout stream up in that area. And I caught a creek chub and... I definitely lost a, or missed a brook trout. It was so fast. I forgot how fast it was. <laughs> and he was I could see him in a riffle. I could actually see the fish. Like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, throw a little um, stimulator down through there. He comes up, smashes it. It just happened so fast. I was too slow. Burnt me. But that was it. I didn't see many other fish on that little. We but went and traveled up a little stream. Let's talk about that trip real quick. Because where'd you go? Ben is that? And what were you, what was the main goal while you were up there? To see elk humping. And did you see any elk make, oh. making that sweet sweet love? Dude, I was like, I was like running like the porno cam, dude. I was like the you were like you're like the <laughs> doing the, the casting couch. Oh yeah, dude. I I, I, I I felt I felt almost dirty doing this. I'm like running film, and he's like trying to get busy, and nah, it was awesome. No, we got to see a lot. I don't know if the filming was bad. The fact you didn't have any clothes on probably was. Yeah. <laughs> we're on a, and we're on a uh, we're on like a horse drawn uh, like wagon ride back into these fields and stuff, and nice. there's like twelve bulls in these couple of fields. Like I, so it was like an orgy. Oh like yeah. A bull, oh, so yeah. like an elk at orgy. this point, are they pretty used to seeing people where they don't like really move? Or once they see you, do they kind of bump at that point? No, they are. They just so, stay there. They are so not even used to the pe- uh, probably used to people, but so like. Did they lose their one, erection when they saw one, your nose? No, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, the, I'll, I'll just show you the video. As soon as he looks up, he like moose. He catches it. <laughs> Get moving. We're not in PA anymore. <laughs> there are these Clydesdales, though, basically, are uh, the, are the Belgian horses that are pulling this thing. One almost, like, one almost runs into the side of that Belgian horse. The horse doesn't even, like, flinch. But uh, it was cool to get there, chasing each other around, bugling all over, fighting, like, you know, clanking horns. And it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. So it was a good trip overall. Beautiful place we stayed at. Got in the hot tub after all the kids got in and peed in that thing. Oh, yeah. that's like Jesus. Then sterile. Yeah. <laughs> Even cleaner. So nice. you went to Benazette. You went to fish with Pat. And then throughout that week, Pat started texting us. He wanted to come down and catch hybrids. What was it? I was trying to trout float. Yeah. You were trying to trout flip. I thought we got some rain, but they God, apparently didn't none, get no rain. None up there. Yeah. You didn't find that out. It, till it that did, th- but it didn't do it enough to blow it. I was looking at it. And, no. And then, uh, what? Pat, like Friday, I was like, Pat, I can't go. Um, my grandma passed away. That's why we didn't have a show last week. I was, you know, doing things. Um, but Friday she passed away. Saturday I said, oh, I got to go clean my clean my brain out. I took the pup to the Brook Trout Creek. Caught two. I caught one of my very first cast <laughs> nice. on a stimulator I tied that morning. 
Up where we always go? Yeah, up where so we that always... that first bend right there, that big pool is where the first You know where the was? road is? Yeah. Before that big pool in the... the like, there's a little, little chute, chute right there. Yeah. A cast right there. I saw the fish shoot out. Eat from the, the, under the bank. Yeah, from nice. under the bank. And that's cool. I was like, oh, God, that's cool. And the pup had no idea. He'd never seen a fish before. I was like, this is pretty freaking cool. He, like, he licked it, and I took it off the hook, and... Which was a challenge because I didn't take any pliers and I had forgot to pinch the barbs on the on the stimulator. I was like, ah, this sucks. So I, I, I finagled the, the hook out of his mouth, put him back, and then uh, we walked up a little bit further. I caught another one. It was like the size of my pointer finger. And the pup tried to eat it. <laughs> he like he like tried to eat it. I was like, no, you can't eat that. It still has a hook in his mouth. You, you can eat it once he has the hook out of his mouth. <laughs> but, but once again, I forgot to cut the pinch of barb, and I didn't have any pliers to pinch of barbs. So I, I bit the, the fly off, and I released the fish with the fly in his mouth because I figured it would be easier. You can't for feed my brook trout to your uh, dog. I figured it would be easier for the, the fish to get the fly out of its mouth than for me to dig at it. And and then I was like, all right, I've done this two fly or two fish. I mean, at that point, just decapitated it and gave the rest to the dog. Well, I, I, I said after that point, I said, <laughs> I've caught two fish. I've taken pictures. The pup knows what a fish is. We're getting out of here. We had fun, and then we went, and we chased a flock of turkeys behind the house, which was pretty cool. Nice. And then you met up with Pat that same day, Jay. Yes, sir. (laughs) Oh, you want me to talk about it? Wow. (laughs) Good talk. (laughs) Good story, Jay. (laughs) Is this the first time we've done this? Are these things on? (laughs) <laughs> I remember my first day. Were you, were you leading me into that? Yeah, yeah. Good one, Chad. Good one. Uh, yeah, See, Pat came whoa, down. What happened here? Pat came down. Uh, Pops <laughs> wanted to fish. So it's like, hell, let's go down and hang out with Pat. Reciprocate the uh, the fun. So, yeah, it's a good time. Pat had been texting us about the white ghost. and Best thing about the trip, it, it, like, we go down and my dad... First thing he, he he gets a gets a walleye then he gets he gets a hybrid you know so he gets a hybrid and not too little bit long later boom I hit I get a hybrid and I'm I'm, I'm over there yelling at Pat woo, woo. He's, look at me he's over <laughs> flicking me off and shit and <clears throat> finally he's out he he man he his knee was hurting but he he was out there grinding it until he got one so you know he Thank was doing you. he's taking his own style a little bit. Yeah, you mean the style of not catching fish? No, just this, <laughs> the style. Of just you know, not ripping it as quickly as what we do because he was using a mono rig for some reason, which you know, don't grab the mono rig when the f- fish goes flying away from you at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. You know, I think he got a little cut from for that, but uh, yeah, he he got one and it was it was big. It, it ran pretty good. Uh, even before that, he got a smallmouth, man. One of the bigger smallmouth I think I've seen come out of the river. Nice. And, uh, you know, it was, I mean, that thing was It was a monster. A fat fish. for sure. Big, wide fish. Oh, yeah. It had a chin, you know, so. Did it have double chin? It had, it did. It had a double chin, dude. <laughs> it was rocking it. No, it was, it was awesome. That was a big fish. That was fun to see. How in the uh, hell are you wearing a hood in here? I'm sweating my balls off. Well, that's just you, Chad. I was outside all day freezing my ass off. Not freezing. It was I was outside at the soccer banquet. <laughs> you got back early. It's because you're fat, Chad, and I'm skinny. That's why. It's because I'm drunk. <laughs> that doesn't hurt. 
Um, yeah, and then I, uh, Dad ended up getting another one and a nice smallmouth after that. He threw on a uh, – Pat was using a game changer, I believe. but uh, No way. My dad <laughs> threw on a – Oh God, Andreas, um, do- the rag- rag dolly. Yeah, rag dolly that I got from Andreas years ago. You know that we I used and I I don't know I just hadn't really had luck on it and he throws it on there, on a floating line, you know, and just take it's it's got to be in two inches yeah, underneath really? the water, and fish were just crushing it. So that was he had a ball. He loved. He, this is the greatest fly ever. Why didn't why haven't we been using this fly? I don't know, man. <laughs> so, can can we get into the rag dolly for just a second? Sure. It, it's a deceiver with a a tight packed deer hair head, correct? Yeah, and that, like that's sh- shaved like a shaved like a, like a pyramid. Yeah, it is a deceiver, but it's made with craft fur. Oh, it's a craft fur one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like I said, it's been forever since I've paid attention to what it was. So, and I mean, pretty long too. I'd you have the minis to throw if you quit leaving them on my garage floor. Oh yeah, fuck! I need those too. I do have a couple. Oh, but the one I caught, my so my it's, it's the, his craft fur is kind of like my pube fur, super long. Yeah, <laughs> it just haven't had the time to maintain it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maintain it. People do that nowadays. Uh, you keep throwing me off. I can't even talk to my story. Jeez, Chad, shut up. Being shut drunk. Up. Uh, where the hell was I now? The, the rag dolly. Oh yeah, that fly did really well. Um, I dude, I threw I threw like an actual musky fly, a single Buford, that was pff, probably ten ten inches in itself, and it was real light, sparse fly. I was able to throw it on the seven weight, the sinking line. Dude, I had one come up and just smash it. It was <laughs> the picture, the first picture on Instagram. It just there's just all kinds of shit hanging out of this fish's face. It was awesome. It's fun to get them to see if you can get them to hit bigger things. And I, right now, you know, I'm 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 looking for the 14 pound fish, the 12 pound fish, the the big big fish. I wish we get it just a little more water. If they had left it where it was, it'd be even be even better. I hear you, man. But like that day, it was up a little higher you than were, it was what, today. Like 600 or something that day. No, we were down at it, were, it was just around like two or whatever it was. Two. We had one rain right before. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't put it up. It much. didn't do anything to it. No, because the day I went, it was one sixty, which was two, three days later. Yeah, and that's when they they had dropped it Thursday. Yeah, because I was guiding that there. day, and I know the one I was on shot. We'll get to that one, but well, you know chronologically, do you want to hit yours, or do you want us to do right. our finish our river? You guys may as well keep going, because at this point, then you guys roll out. We'll have Bam Bam on, and then. I'll talk for a bit afterwards. Okay. Well, then, so you, Jace didn't get any that day, right? No, Jace saw no fish. Dad huh. got, dad ended up with two. Serious? Nope. Dad uh, ended up with two and a nice smallmouth. Pat got a nice smallmouth and that hybrid. I got a hybrid. Everybody was happy. Nice. And then. That's a good day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good day. How long did you, you guys spend most of the day there? No. I went and got lunch or breakfast. I left for a little while and got breakfast. When I got back, my dad's fighting one and I'm, as I'm walking da- back down to the spot. So I'm, I'm you know, throwing bags of McDonald's on the bank and running across the river to Was he lighting cigarettes guys. with cigarettes because the fight lasted so long? <laughs> oh, well, no, Pat went, over, Pat went over there and was handling things with him. But So he had the net. They netted it up and got it all done. And I was just over there to... 
just just heckle. Yeah, just heckle and take some pictures of people taking pictures and. So I ended up going. My grandma's funeral was Thursday morning at ten o'clock. So I was like, uh, I'm waking up at the crack of dawn and I'm gonna go there and try to catch some stripers, you know. And I went there. I was there for an hour in the dark. Have I explained to you guys how much I hate fishing in the dark? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. I'm. If I ever have to do it, I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna like put my my pointer finger on my nose and say, "Not it. I'm not gonna do it again. Don't like it." And then the sun started coming up. I was like, "This is the most beautiful part of the day." It is. Always is. It it's the most beautiful part of the day, and you can't get that unless you have the shitty part of fishing in the dark. Only if you're not going to work, right? No, I want that game changer. This one. Yeah. Okay, so. I ended up staying there, and it was, you know, it was kind of shitty in the dark. Didn't have any fish hitting, nothing rolling, nothing busting. And then I started texting you guys, and I was like, oh, I'm down here. Look at me. I'm, I'm down here fishing. You guys are sleeping. You assholes, blah, 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 blah. And then, boom, something hit and pulled the rod on me, and I was like, oh, shit, that was a fish. Because you, you can feel them things. They hit. But that's it, it's weird when they hit and don't stick. I'm like, that was weird. I, I, I don't like that. So then I walked a little bit further. And I had one hit. I, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. It guys. never happened to me before either. But I had one hit. And I'm like, oh. And it was running straight toward a down log. So I was putting my hand on the rail. Boof. Oh, God damn it. And I started texting you guys again. Jay's like, should I use 30? I was like, I used the 20 you gave me. And, you know, <laughs> so it, I don't know. I, I hate fluorocarbon. It's. I don't like it either. Yeah, fuck 20, that. 20 but I to it. S- stop a fish like that with your hand on the palm nose. Six, 16 mono, I would have had that fish in my hand. I I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I like Com- mono better too. It's confidence. You know what I mean? There, but there, it's what and, I had. And you know what, though? Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that at all because it is 100% true. But and mono there, is a there, little more stretched. There is it Exactly. There is yeah. a degree to that, though, because like myself, I love fluorocarbon, but it's got to be a consistent pull. A snap on it, like if you're hitting and you're putting pressure, one of them snaps, it's a little bit tight, and it doesn't unlock on it or it doesn't give it a steady flow. Yeah. It's going to snap it where mono will have a stretch to it. And I'm, I'm not running the, the best of reels, drag-wise, you know what I mean? I'm running. So at some point, it's just caught and then pulled. But yeah. yeah mono, and mono will give you a little more stretch. It is what it is. So that that's fish number two. I was like, oh, god damn it. I was like, I was getting a little pissed. And I was, I'm throwing flies that I'm going to be throwing in Chesapeake in three weeks. So I was like, oh, all right. I walked my whole way back and got over back to that first hole. And was fishing it from from the inside. You know what I mean? As soon as the fly hit the water, I heard a strip set. And I saw the tail of the, fl- the fish come up out of the water. You know, you strip set it. And it goes like this and came up. And it was gone. I was like, God damn it. What, what the fuck is going on here? You pulled it out of its mouth. That's why you don't strip set. I, you just raise your rod with those things and just just, 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 just let them run. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Teasing, I I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I still got to do it. I got to give one, two, and, and the fish, it was upside down. I was like, oh, God, 
damn it. I was like, okay. So I got back in my own head. I cast back over in that same spot and ended up laying like a 16-inch walleye. I was like, yeah, this is a good way. My grandma would like this. So I left there and took some pictures, left there, and uh, went to, to the funeral, and that was a day. I ended up getting super drunk at the at the after-funeral luncheon and then going home and taking a nap and having to go coach soccer the, that night. You seemed a little out of it that night when I saw you. Yeah, because I was. <laughs> so, all right. Um, we got 15 minutes, Mark. You want to get into your, your time? It don't matter. Yeah, do, do, do your Saturday. Well, what we had, all that rain came through Wednesday. So that would have, yeah, that would have yeah. been, what, Wednesday? Yes. Yeah, and that shot everything up. So going into Saturday, like Friday, was kind of like, I uh, kind of got a game plan here Saturday because. Did it muddy? Oh, yeah. It muddied and it probably tripled, but it peaked and it was coming back down quick. So it's like, all right, well, we got the river that's going to be there, but it's not there for Saturday. But all the other creeks are now perfect. Saturdays and the day before we would have recorded our last podcast. Correct. Okay. Yes. So at this point, we're waking up to already straight off the bat 15-mile-an-hour winds gusting heavier. So it's like, all right, we're not taking the boat. Guy was up last weekend. He's like, you know, I really want to catch some pikes. He's like, all right, perfect. Let's go. Let's do a little bit of creek stomping. So we go nice. out in the morning. We go do some pike creek stomping. But then the bad part with that is you got 45-degree morning. So that water shot down to 55. It was good flow. It had nice color. It had about 18-inch of viz. And for that creek, that's perfect. But that cold just, they did not move. So could could you have taken them for eggs breakfast in the morning, let that water warm up a little bit? Probably. Probably. So we left there, and he's like, I never caught a pickerel on a fly. Like, I can handle that one. So we go up to the pickerel spot. <laughs> we walk up through, and it's like nothing, nothing. And then, like, all of a sudden, it lit up. It was like 20 minutes, four fish, and then that was it. And it shuts off for the day. And at this point, it's probably around like noon. Anything big? No. Nope, nothing big. Decent enough, but 17, 16, somewhere around there. I mean, nothing over 20. So we work our way up through the top, get that, come back, cook up lunch, eat lunch up, which was good. Did chorizo egg burritos. Say Ooh. that again, but slower. Mm -hmm. In a cast iron. Oh. oh, money. So had that, hooked the boat back up, shot to a lake up north, got up there, and it was just still the same freaking wind. And we tried to tuck way back. We went to the place that has all of them, like Pickerland. Mm -hmm. Went back in there and tried to find something. It just went that little creek. Yeah, went the whole way back down that creek as far as we could, and then trying to get back out of that creek was enough the way that it was with just a trolling motor. Like, yeah. So <clears throat> at that point, called it Sunday morning. Now we've got the river back into play. So at this point, it's it's still on a decline like this. But it's starting to flatten out a little but bit. But it's starting to kind of get the – so we get there, and it's a little bit like off the bat. We kind of motor down a little bit, which – oh, by the way, I found the furthest limit I can go. <laughs> mm -hmm. My prop did, should I say. I did. My prop did. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go up here. Let's see how far. I'm going to try to get you up to that pool because he was here last week, and I had him, and I'm going to get you up in there. 
So we start shooting up. Like, I don't know if I can make it or not. Click it up to three. <laughs> trim the motor the whole way up. The the boom, 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 boom. Nope, nope. Not, not going to happen. We're going back the other way. The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot make it. <laughs> Shot a rock up. I thought I like blew something off the props. So. <laughs> Mess. So we kind of start down in the morning. And um, it's like, all right, we're going to set up here. Give you a couple hundred yard stretch. Kind of get your bearings going. Get everything going. Then we're going to get into Pike and kind of get rolling from there. So at that point, it's kind of dark, and you kind of can't tell, but the water looks good. We had probably saw like 18-inch of viz at that point. So it was like perfect, right where it needed to be. So we drift down a little bit and gets ready, and then we get into the Pike spot. Boom. Smack a Pike. Right up above where you got that smallmouth at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So first instinct in my mind is like, I can't drift through this. So I hurry up and like, He's fighting the fish, and I'm, like, trying to fight the motor back up to get out of it. So we land the fish, get it, and I'm, like, fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. Finally, I get the hoy up to the top, like, where the uh, dock used to be. Mm -hmm. It's gone. Mm -hmm. Someone got it back? or Oh, they got, they got it back. Oh, yeah, they got washed away. So I go, like, way out and, like, beach it over there. I'm like, perfect. Take the pictures there. Get back up, back into position. And we start floating back down through. As we're starting down in, we have where you caught the fish at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right behind where you caught the fish, the tree starts. Yeah. Right, yeah. right in between the two, there's that current seam where that current starts. Throws a perfect cast. Lands like right on the bank, right at the peak of that current seam. Makes first strip, makes second strip. Head comes completely out of the water in the current and just engulfs it. A pike oh. or a muskie? That's um, first thought was, I'm like, first thing I say. Strip. I look up. Rod's like a foot in the water, and he's stripping. I'm like, oh, this fish is done. <laughs> it's pinned. He sticks it good. I'm like, dude, that is an absolute giant pike. Just because of where it was sitting and where it ate, first thought, that is a massive pike. It's probably pushing 40-inch pike. Start fighting, and at this point, I'm like drifting down into the log. So he's fighting it, like gets it under the boat. At this point, I can kind of adjust the trolling motor while he's fighting it, like work us out of it. Get us out. We kind of drift down through. It's still under the boat fighting. First time it surfaces, I, like, reach the net. It dang net gets caught on the little oarlock thing he's there. Mother. And at that point, the whole fish comes up out of the water. We're both like, musky. Yes. It's a peon. Yep. He's like, <laughs> and I, like, went to net. He's like, no, no, you're good. He's like, don't worry. He's like, this fish is hooked good. So he's like, give a second. Let it come back up good. It came right back up perfect for us. At this point, we're down the hallway, like past the tree. Yeah. You're past that, yeah. that inlet or like the Oh, yeah. We're already down belt. past <laughs> it. We're just drifting right down through the middle of it, just fighting the fish under the boat. So put it in the net. And then we were able to get back over to that little gravel bar, which was nice. So I brought the good camera. I was like, yeah, perfect. We can go over here and set up the bump board and do everything, make it nice and easy. And then you got like a one-foot shelf over there to set the fish on and kind of let it do its thing. and. Nice, beautiful. I was 42. Clean. Was it? Yeah. Man, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Super, 42 super. 42-inch river fish. Super nice fish. And uh, one little mark up on the top of it where probably like a debris or something, just kind of like one of them scrape. Other than that, fish would just clean for a river fish. Usually they're kind of like chalked up a little bit or marked and super clean and had them nice dark colors to it. And oh, yeah, it's that big. You ain't getting fucked with by nothing. Just <laughs> where it was sitting at. It just That's weird in that current. And, and that's exactly like him and I talked about it afterwards. And I was like, and you know what the weird part about it is? 61 degree water temp. 
48 to 51 at that point air. I don't remember exactly, but give or take at the high 51 at the low 48. Because Stephen Weiser was saying in the middle of summer is when they're hanging yeah. the riffles. So you're talking 61 water temp, upper 40s, low 50s air, and getting to 74 or 5 during the day. And you know what? After that, we never saw one fish. We got out of the shade part there. The sun was just hit that. That sun hit that spot probably as we caught that pike five minutes prior. Sun hits that spot. Boom. Sun goes blazing. See all the smoke start to burn off. Never bumped another pike. Never bumped a smallmouth. Never bumped the muskie rest of that stinking day. Hmm. And had both them fish hit within a literally however long it takes to hook that fish troll back over there make three more casts 17 minutes exactly yeah because he hooked it over top of the tires yeah so then the next fish was three casts later <clears throat> and then after i was absolutely nothing and it was like you know them are the times where it's like you, they shouldn't be eating and they do did you look at uh the moon say sort of bite window at that period oh yeah we were in a window on that one yep definitely in a window there but you f still, at that point, would have figured he would have been below that in all that big open. Oh, yeah. that's And what I'm sure a lot of them are, too, and maybe that's why. I don't know. But may, and you know what the other side of it is? You got to think about, too, that water's receding. As it's receding, they're going to be in points where them fish are going to get sucked through. Yeah. And not that it's rapid there, but as it's going, they're it going to go. Yeah. And I'm sure down there he can find a little pocket where he got his little current break. You know, what Fast I mean? enough to 30 foot above it, I couldn't troll back up. I had to go dead sideways, and I just tried to send it straight into the bank. I couldn't make any headway up it. I mean, it was still at that point 700, 800. So, I mean, it's enough to, yeah, I mean, it wasn't trolling back up through. Yeah. Just sitting in it. Like mm. I said, there, there's probably something down there. That he was behind. Yeah, the edge of that bank. Yeah. That bank stopped, and it made that little bit of a curl right there, and you're sitting right on the opposite side of that. Yep. And there was nothing there. Anything that went past him, he's boom. Just lunching on. But see that head come up out of that water like that? It was just. That's super cool. But I would say, we, yeah, we'll probably hang on that one because the next story is going to take a little bit longer. But that <laughs> kind of gets us through the weekend, and then I got one trip midweek that we'll hit on here right after. We'll all right. Is that all before the? That was last Saturday, Sunday. Okay. I didn't know if that was before tying night or not. That was the two days after. Oh, okay. Yes. Cool. Yes. Yep, right after tying night. Oh, yeah, we had tying night. Let's we talk get, about that real quick. We, we got six got minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Tying night, we got that started up and rolling, and kind of like always, it always starts off with, you know, kind of our regulars, and then after that, it kind of grows from there. But we had a couple new guys in, which was cool. Um, guy that I'm going to talk about after, Jim. Okay. So he's been out on the boat a couple times now, and uh, he's been doing a few things. So after the sh or after Bam Bam, we'll chat on that. He was there, brought a buddy with him. We had what? Derek, you, Rick came, son. Michael, Michael had a buddy with him. Marcus, have you met brother before? Mm -mm. It's your first time. No. Yeah. He's up quite a bit. We had a handful of us. I don't really know much. Got tied. I tied a fire tiger river pig. Derek and his sons heading for. Uh, New York? Salmon, yeah. So they've been tying a whole bunch of salmon flies. Were they tying eggs or what, what were they tying? Uh, Andrew was tying crystal meths. 
I don't remember what Derek was done. It's better to tie crystal uh, meth like than white death meth. type of Especially thing. Especially at his age, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like a white death variation of something with a. I know there's a little deer deer hair for the uh, head. Speaking of uh, white death, did you see Aaron's new tattoo? Yeah, I did. That that's right. Yeah, yeah. that little deer hair spun behind that cone head. I did. I did see that. I saw the white death on his arm. Yeah. Well, Jeff Blood tribute there. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. So that, that dude loves him some Jeff Blood. Does he? Yes, he does. So, all right, guys. Hey, we'll be back with a uh, Bam Bam. We're hey. back with that. You know. Hey, Josh, we're recording now. Okay. Oh, we didn't get any red, blue, 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 yellow, blue, 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 blue. No. Hey, don't put my business on the street. <laughs> We're back with Josh Schmelzer. Josh, I want to talk about fly strung a little bit. I'm putting you on the spot. All right. Being a, go. being a fly fishing podcast co-host, that was one I thoroughly enjoyed. You and Steven were on the water talking to guests, catching fish, and it, it was a great way to spend one day in my week just listening to you guys do that shenanigans. Are we ever going to get it back? Oh, man. I appreciate the kind words about fly strung. <sighs> yeah fly strung it was a great project uh steven was he was kind of spearheading that initially and uh, the whole goal was to like create a podcast that was driven by you know going on these adventures with our guests and getting some some great recordings on the water but you know due to covid hitting and everything like that we just didn't feel right about broadcasting episodes on the water hanging out with strangers you know riding in cars and and all that stuff so yeah it kind of fizzled out and you know maybe we'll see what the future holds maybe we'll bring it back someday well now in the days that covid's over quote unquote covid's over i know (laughs) that's true (laughs) but we we've since lived our lives and we've gotten new hobbies like uh, Dutch ovening and some light crocheting. So I don't know if we'll have time to make a podcast. <laughs> so your wife must love. So that you. means you fart under the blankets, <laughs> cover your wife's head up. <laughs> exactly. My wife hates yeah, that game. She loves it. <laughs> My wife hates it too. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't know if I don't know if Flystrung is ever going to come back. But it was so fun when we were doing it, and um, it was sad to kind of shut her down. So, did you and Steven have like the talk? Like, I know I really like you, but we really can't be doing this together anymore. Yeah, we had we had a pretty pretty formal gentleman's discussion over a round of hams beers, and then one day. You know, rubber met the road when I said um, I have these monthly invoices I need to pay for, you know, like Buzzsprout and, and <laughs> to host the website. And I said, we're either going to revive this thing or I'm going to allocate my funds towards fly tying material. So we got to make a call here. So you were the one that broke up with Steven. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was kind of the mean girlfriend in the situation. <laughs> okay, I'll accept it. I understand uh, knowing how the monthly payments and all that bull BS. <laughs> my sh- my sugar daddy wasn't uh, keeping up with the payments, so I just had to make the executive decision to shut her down. 
Well, so is that still available anywhere on the interwebs for people to go check out if they have hadn't heard it? Uh, negative. We took down the website, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so you're a myth now. So as you're saying, we, quit talking about this ASAP. <laughs> we do have the audio files, so perhaps if if you guys ever wanted to just like host uh, five minute segments of the Flystrung podcast or the highlights or something, maybe we could put together a best of the best reel of our four episodes. So like when we take weeks off, we can take and do a fly strung episodes. <laughs> yep. Yep. That would be great for then, four weeks. <laughs> and then we'll just rerun them like, you know, once every three years. So it'll be just new content for everybody. When, once they've forgotten about it. <laughs> Good idea. It. Yeah. We're on to something here. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Then you guys can chill out and go fishing and not have to worry about devoting your Sunday evenings to recording a podcast. I like it. I think we're going to do this. Let's do it. <laughs> so since Flystrung has went away, what have you been devoting your time to? Oh, man. More fishing. Just more fishing and, and everything. Just channel, channeling all that energy into musky fly fishing, hanging out with as many friends as possible. Uh, not to get too sappy about COVID and keep talking about it, but it really shed light on, you know, the things in life that you value and the, everything we took for granted prior to that situation happening. And, and it really makes you stop and think like, man, I might not be able to fly fish for the rest of my life or, you know, these people that I really cherish spending time on the water they may not be around you know, forever. So just spending as much time with those folks, going fishing with them as much as possible. That's kind of what I've just been channeling everything into. So have you found your friends that you want to fly fish with more than other friends that you're channeling more time into? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm putting you on the spot way more than I should tonight, Josh. No, it's, it's all gravy. And, it, and like, uh, you kind of go through still. like a, ebbs and flows two different years you know you seem to fish with certain fellers or ladies a little bit more than others and you know then the next season they might have a busy summer and whatnot and then you you find a, a different squad and you roll with them but it's always good to get back in the boat with some old pals again do you find ladies that that aren't married to one of your buddies willing to go fly fishing with you Mm, nah, no, not really. Okay, I, I thought you were maybe running in different crowds than I was running into. No, I have one <laughs> trip this fall with uh, a mother and her two sons that really want to bag a huge muskie, so I'm super stoked about that trip. But other than that, yeah, there's not a lot of ladies in the fly fishing muskie scene, unfortunately. We need to change that. So you have to hang out with stinky dudes all the time. Yep. It, yep. And just be pre prepared to suck because that's what mm -hmm. musk and fly fishing is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you were talking earlier Dutch oven and these trips. Wait. So oh, let, now, how, how are we going to transition Dutch oven? Let's put these two together. Dutch. How have the Dutch oven fire, you know, campfire cooking been? What's, what's the specialties? <laughs> what are you cooking in that thing? Okay, man, I got this world-famous like recipe, See? and it is a, a salmon clam chowder. Ooh. And I made it for the boys down at the Southern Opener this year. 
and holy cow it went off very well but it was it was hard to execute because we we're all sleep deprived super hungover eddie cut his finger on the chainsaw steve fell in the fire the <laughs> night before so it was it was rough but we pulled it off and and it was it was just amazing to have a nice home cooked meal in the Dutch oven. It brought us all together. It sounds like an episode of Futurama. Eddie's falling into fire. Steven's cutting his finger. Oh, just oh yeah. Everything that could go wrong does go wrong. It was pretty gnarly. You can see the photos on the interwebs of uh, the aftermath of that weekend for sure. But there's nothing like pulling out the first aid kit multiple times. <laughs> In the wee hours of the morning after you've consumed several hams. <laughs> so on, on dudes trips like that, at what time does the first dude crack the first ham? Oh boy. Cause I, I will tell you what time I cracked the first Miller high life with my dog yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Like it, it varies, but it's usually in the morning and Sometimes it could be a hair to the dog situation or somebody, you know, they just had a bad week and they just really want to get after it. So they start right around breakfast. But usually the first, like it's a surefire situation that the first beer is always going to get cracked right when the float starts. Okay. Yeah. How about, how about you, Chad? When did you crack your first beer yesterday? Well, I, I have two first beers that I cracked yesterday. First one for cooking <laughs> was at five thirty in the morning. I poured it. Into, oh. I poured it into a, a pile of sausages on the grill, and then the first drinking beer was at six thirty a.m. Six thirty p.m. A.m. A.m. Okay, I thought you said p.m. There. No a.m. Well, the, the sun see, wasn't up. That's that's hard because. You know, you got teased with that first 5.30 a.m. beer when you were cooking. Yeah. So then, then you're like, well, now I have to just drink another beer at 6.30. And then I was driving around later in the day. I was like, God, I smell like camp. It's My hands smell like stale beer and smoke. Because <laughs> I don't know if you, you know, you grew up with a camp life. Mm -hmm. Stale beer and smoke. That's how you roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's the hard, it's the... I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's the path to every woman's heart. They want their man to smell like stale beer and smoke. Oh, my wife My wife dry heaved a little bit when I came home. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, missed, you. missed you last night, Chad. We were out with your wife. You were nowhere to be found. She said, she started drinking really early. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is my selection right here, Mr. Chad. <laughs> oh nice so how has uh, how has so did, these... you guys, so did you guys have a good pandemic what'd you guys do <laughs> did you have a good pandemic? our pandemic was great oh, jay got the brook trout fish more than he ever has in his life fuck yeah man nice <laughs> silver lining right there yeah it was fun mark you and i worked the whole time right mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so six weeks off there was no change for us no change. Did you fish save more? money from not going to restaurants all the time? Yeah, but I took up a hobby of smoking meats. And mm. and now beef and pork prices have went through the, the ceiling. Oh, boy. So uh, the hobby has turned into more, fl more expensive than fly tying. Oh, boy. <laughs> so between that and fly tying, you're probably pretty bankrupt, huh? 
Well, I, I consumed twice as much fucking alcohol at first, you know, <laughs> sitting at home. And, 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 you know, I took a, I took a, you know, smoking something else, Chad. So, you know, the, the price tag on that shit isn't cheap either. So, you know, yeah, my pandemic was just uh, a blur. Good time, though. Good time. A lot of fishing. We good did. We got, we got a good bit of fish in there. We did. Mark, I, yeah, I netted a, like a 41-inch muskie for you, I think. Yeah. Just going to say, we had, we had a good trip there. Yeah, it was nice. Cause yeah, they, still everyone worked, was kind of freaking out about the the pandemic, but we we were just pretty happy that we got to go fishing uninterrupted, even more so. So it was a, it was kind of a win win situation for us. See, we had more people on the water, big time. That is the one mm-hmm. thing. I mean, you had more time on the water, but you had a lot more people on the water too. Oh yeah, I never noticed that until last year during ice season. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say ice fishing. Yeah, you could definitely tell. Everyone's congregated on the same cube. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. I wonder how that's going to affect um, harvest numbers for the the next couple years, or just you know fishery numbers in general. Do we you, shall see. Do you think you're gonna see the same amount of people ice fishing this year? Do you think people that never did it before? and did it last year are going to still say they enjoyed it enough to continue doing it this year? Mm, maybe not on the negative 20 degree days, but yeah, I, th- I think that they're going to, they're going to f- keep that newfound hobby alive and, and be motivated to get back out there again. So that that's still kind of cool. You know, you, the more people with eyes on things, the more people that care about things, you have more champions for your your lakes and rivers, correct? Exactly, yep. And most of the time with ice fishing, you know, we're all just friends that we haven't met yet. You see some guys over there grilling steaks or making cookies out on the ice, and you just want to go over and have a beer and see what they're making up to. cookies? Wait, wait. You guys bake on the cube? <laughs> My buddy brought a green egg. <laughs> He brought a green egg out on a flatbed trailer last year on the ice, and he literally baked cookies and pizzas for everybody. We need to go with these dudes. Well, I was going to say, you guys, you know, where you guys are at, you can put a house on on the water pretty much. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here you can't even, what, drill, we got a 10-inch hole limit? You can't put eight. There's no eight? There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was 10. See, there's two types of guys you want to bring on every fishing trip it doesn't matter if it's hard water fly fishing or walleye fishing there's the guys that are super die hard and they're going to keep everybody on schedule and you know they're going to be motivated to catch fish but then more importantly there's the guys that are the mvp of the camp who are going to make sure everybody is fed super well and they're going to bring green eggs out on the ice to bake cookies or they're going to bring the you know the huge blacktop flat grills and they're gonna make slider burgers for everybody at camp at night they're not gonna bring shit for fishing equipment and they could care less if you bag anything but they're gonna bring a lot of food and and some nice beers for everybody yeah you guys are making smash burgers on the cube i love it this is mm-hmm. chad chad your job oh, yeah. the beast you, you yeah. gotta live like a king out there oh see. I, i'm bringing all this shit and then i'm bringing some organ meat too Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, exactly. Bam, bam. Have you ever had sweetbreads? 
possibly. It's the thymus. It's the thymus gland from a cow. It's the what the, from a cow? The thymus gland, like it's in their neck. Mm. Yeah, I I've definitely not had that. I'm sorry. It it's fatty and it's super delicious. If you deep fry it, it's the best meat you'll ever have in your mouth. Really? Yeah. Where do you get? Well, store? Wow, you just got knocked down a peg, Jay. <laughs> local butcher shops. <laughs> uh, you just go out to a pasture and start doing throat rips on all these cows? Yes. <laughs> so do you know which animal has the deepest throat? A giraffe. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> the deepest throat. All right, challenge accepted. Where the fuck is this podcast going? We used to interview people. Yeah, those days are way gone. That's the bygone era. <laughs> well, at this point, going into the beast, you're bringing all that. I've got a couple bags of walleye for the one night. Mm. I know there's tri-tip coming. There's seafood coming. There's going to be a ridiculous amount of food. So, yeah, like it, it will, that's kind of the same thing that we set up whenever we go to the tournament. There's going to be probably 10 of us and a bunch of food, a bunch of people cooking. And too many people drinking. I was and also, someone making sure that the lights get shut off and the place doesn't get burned down. <laughs> what do you guys? Jay points at me. It's your job. What are you guys most excited for at the tournament? The potential of winning, the the prospect no, of Friday uh, night catching a huge fish, or or just hanging out with dudes and, and making some good food. Sounds well, like Mark's just. He's really excited about that good food. Honestly, at the end of the day, we're going to go put our time on the water, and everybody is, and what's going to happen is going to happen, and we're going to make the most of it, and we're all going to have our game plans, and that's that's going to happen regardless, and we're going to you know have a blast there. Oh, sure. But at the end of the day, what we're going to look back on is the fact at the end of the night when we all get back together and get together and talk about the day and drink, and there's going to be probably food cooking. Like the one year, there's food cooking over the fire. There's food over a cast iron. There's food on a grill. Somebody was cooking inside. I mean, there was literally every avenue that we can have food cooking. Someone was cooking food, and like every 20 minutes, there was a shift of food coming out. Three bottles of liquor. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I'm looking forward to the dudes that Mark's fishing with. I've never met them in real life. I Mm want to meet those guys, you know? Yeah. We got a great crew this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's just, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think everything, but I think the camaraderie, the answer to your question is going to be the. Yeah. You know, for sure. You guys rent a big Airbnb or like a cabin or something? Nope. Jay's dad, or Jay and his dad have a cabin. We go stay at there. Yep. It's awesome. It's perfect. Perfect place. And you can save a bunch of money too, unless you're paying Jay's dad and Jay. No, no, we feed them both. Yeah, the the food will be there. That's that's awesome. We feed them both and leave the lights on when we leave. I <laughs> don't worry. I jack Rick off uh, before we leave. <laughs> Jesus. Well, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Not going to be yeah. me. I don't share with my daddy. Dude, no, that's a little awkward. See, the cool part, uh, like now, they kind of get away from that. But the cool part is, we wait. have lake and river yeah so it's mixed you have i don't know what what the actual number is but it's a ridiculous amount of mileage was it almost 75 miles yes it was like 76 miles yeah of total river that you can fish and then there's a lake and the lakes like uh, personally yeah please um personally that's like what i fish and jay always fishes the river you know chad when he has he's been up on the lake but the lakes won it the last three four Mm -hmm. years 
Yeah. But really? the river is absolutely gorgeous and a lot of big pike and trout and, mm. you know, big, and big muskies. Yeah. Um, a few uh, years back, we caught a f- um, one of the guys I fish with usually. Uh, he fished with us around here, too. He got a 46. Yeah. Big fish that year. Yep. And we got third. That was 48 the on the lake last year. Yeah. won it. That was a big fish. Yeah. Two, a 48 was caught that won it, and a 46 and a 44 was the winning team. So, I mean, there's some good fish on the lake. Man, those are some studs for sure. And we lost one at the boat. That one Derek lost was all of 44, 45. And that was right thrashing, dang near hitting its head off the boat. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you guys have a – is there a side pot bet at the Beast of the East? Mm-mm. No. Like for biggest fish, or is well, there? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking side pods like guys throwing cash, but yeah. So you have your winning, uh, first, second, third, and then you have first, second, third for biggest fish, and then you have bycatch. Oh, nice. That's cool. bycatch is on like uh, I don't want to say an algorithm, but what is it? Anything but anything but pike, and it goes. Well, no, like, it includes pike. Did now it, now it does, but there's yes, like a pointing it's system. It's a percentage, and yeah. depending on the size of the fish, it's a certain percentage. So that depending on, like, if you catch like a like a twenty inch pike is worth, or a twenty inch smallmouth is worth more than a twenty inch pike. Yeah. So if you catch okay. a twenty inch pu- uh, smallmouth, it would have to be an upper echelon, like thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight inch pike to compete with it. But an eighteen inch brown trout is worth more than a twenty inch smallmouth. What if you like flossed a sturgeon with a, a urban fly company double Buford? You'd well, be the winner of the whole tournament. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And then on on its way in, you gotta grab a paddlefish with your left hand. Mm-hmm. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> so you guys but, but the is, is it legal to uh to grab fish out of the river and uh and just take their photo? Is that can you guys fish like that out there? No. If you can do it. Not, yeah, I mean, not that you really would. I mean, we don't have sturgeon and, you know, and paddlefish here that's going to do that. No, but there are paddlefish. I almost got a muskie that one day with you. I want to go back to the giraffe. With the the longest throat. (laughs) With the longest throat. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. How did that topic come up? What? What what was the reasoning for that? Was it a segue into something else? And no, then that Chad just Chad was, that, yes, Chad was segueing Jay into talking about deep throat. Just hey, take take a <laughs> take a gallop down a a segue into my mind. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought we were gonna elaborate on deep throaty there for a second. It, <laughs> he's it, all excited. Back. No, but deep throat isn't it a great movie? Oh. Yeah, it's one of the better ones I've ever seen. Jesus. It's not as good as Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, God. I've never seen that. I'm just kidding. I've seen it a million times. (laughs) (laughs) Who hasn't seen that one? Uh, well, do fishing. we? I was just say, do we? Do we want to talk about fishing? Yeah, like how I, it has? I mean, I heard you, you, you've I, caught a few fish. I would yeah. prefer not to. And I heard you like a black <laughs> and uh, black and orange Buford. I heard that's your that's your style, man. That's my jam. Yeah, the black and orange Buford. It's, it's illegal in three states. Um, Ohio, unfortunately, it's illegal there. It's legal in Nebraska, and it's illegal in New Mexico. Well, good, because those are <laughs> shady states. They're all we don't shady want any, Anyone who's listening to this show from either of those three states, turn it off now. We don't want you. They're not. 
They're not shitty states. They just decided that that fly is illegal because it's so freaking effective. <laughs> but se- but seriously, that fly, I was introduced to that fly last year, the black and orange, orange uh, double Buford from Urban Fly Co. And we have definitively put more fish in the boat with that fly. I'm not endorsed by Urban Fly Co. I'm not being paid to say any of this. And <clears throat> we just, it's so tried and true. You know, we fish that thing next to a bunch of other flies, and that thing consistently gets eats more so than anything else we've thrown to the point where all the other guys in Eau Claire are now just, they're also just tying whatever it is, but in black and orange. And is it as effective as the, the Pennsylvania bucktail? I'm not. Yeah. Oh, no. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. You catch the it, most muskies on Urban Fly Company Black and Orange. And I'll tell you what, it's something about the way that Mark puts those little quills in for the gill flares. That, <laughs> that, that's what really sets the fly off, for sure. If you, if you don't incorporate that into your fly, hey, it's game you. over. That's fantastic. The only thing I could critique his fly on and, and maybe, you know, say he might want to consider adding is an anal vent at the end of it. Mm. We can do that. I can take like a little piece of uh, like body tubing. That'd work put for some, you. I, put some red body tubing in there. Yep. Money. Yeah. Speaking of um, anal vents, that's Mark's favorite topic. <laughs> I could take you even put like a rattle sticking out of it and glue it in there like a turtle head poking out for you. <laughs> it goes full circle back to our uh, uh, under the older covers. Back to the draft topic. Yeah. There is like no like, like usually like you like start get like traction. You're like going to like every time you go here tonight, you get like one foot and then it's like, boom, right back off topic. Right back <laughs> in, in the gutter. <laughs> yep. Right in the gutter. One what foot, you- boom. What do the listeners of the SVS podcast want to hear? This. Are, they here, are they here for comedy? Are they here for vulgarity? Do they want tips on fishing? What are they here for? I What's think we lost the people that gave two shits about fishing a while ago. Yeah. Oh, we that- lost them back in Conway Bowman days. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Now we're a, we're we're just dude talking. Like like we're around a fire bullshitting. And you guys, like, around any good fire, you have someone that has an agenda to talk about fishing. Mm-hmm. And then you have two assholes that want to talk about how deep a draft throat is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah that, that, that's usually me, too. I'm, I'm always the one, like, full bore. Fish, 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 and, and Chad's like, too. Chad's like, hey, I, my wife stuck a black dildo in my ass. You know, it's, that's usually where that goes. <laughs> I will say a draft's throat is way deeper than I will ever find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're good at a well, squirrel. I learned I learned a long time ago it's it's all about the sidewalls. It doesn't matter how deep you go. <laughs> so you go double hot dog when you go in the bun. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like they prefer a tuna can versus a, a ten foot long whale dong. So you're yeah, like a cheese wheel. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm dealing with the cheese wheel over here. 
exactly. I apologize. I apologize to my mother, and I apologize <laughs> to any listeners out there. But it is what it is. You signed up for this. You chose to listen to this. <laughs> so, Josh, you're slanging some sli- some stickers, right? I'm slanging stickers. Yes, sir. Is that how you're making your full time living now, slanging muskies on the fly stickers? I wish I was making my fun. I've been musky fly on the stickers because it's really fun passive income. We are in five countries. We are in five different fly shops across nice. the United States. Can, can I ask and, you which countries? What's that? Can I ask you which countries? Yes, sir. We are in, we are in Canada. We are in Mexico. We are in Sweden and Finland and Spain. Are there muskies in Mexico? Uh, no, but you should make, stickers, you should make, a... not all my stickers are musky. I well, have water stickers and I got a bunch of fresh water stickers. Wouldn't that technically make six? You should make a musky <laughs> sticker with a musky wearing a sombrero and only sell it in Mexico. Olay. <laughs> underlay, go, underlay. Oh yeah. So the novelty stickers, that's where it's at. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys out there that really like, the obscure stuff. I mean, you see it everywhere. You see, uh, who is that? Tony Sandrome, Nightmare Muskie Flies. I think he did a Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys holding a muskie. <laughs> yeah. You got, uh, what's his name? Paul, oh, Paul. Zudwig. Zudwig. Paul. I think he made one, the, the muskie Sasquatch. It was like Sasquatch holding a muskie, and there's like a mermaid holding a muskie. That's what people like. They like that, you know, slapstick comedy sticker. They don't want the realistic stuff. Unless you're a trout enthusiast, then you want everything super surreal. <laughs> Remind me after we're done. I got I got to touch back on that with you again, this sticker topic. All right. I got you. I got you. But, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. It's really fun to just, like, see the stickers out there and see everybody's, like, Instagram posts and see them showing up on coolers and whatnot. I uh, just sent a whole bunch up to the Treelands tournament so they can give them away for door prizes. But, yeah, the hope there is to expand the lineup and just keep, uh, you know, reinvesting into the into the little side project. That, actually, to bring this full circle, was one of my COVID projects. I just started a sticker company um, and then post-fly – um they reached out and wanted me to do three sticker designs for them so i sent those off and that was kind of like the beginning of this whole situation so are you doing all the artwork for your stickers or is it uh computer animated or how's, Correct. It, yep. how's it work yep yeah so i take like reference images that i find uh whether they're they're paintings or or realistic photos or you know, whatever it is. And then I'll just kind of put my spin on it and add my style. And it's all custom illustration work on the computer. I don't, uh, I don't do any like hand drawing or actual painting. Um, it's all computer generated graphics that make those stickers. And then we kind of got into some more lifestyle products, like some Yetis and some, uh, flasks and hats and things like that too. (laughs) All the sayings, they were great. I was going to get into that. So you have been posting a bunch of, are they memes? Is that what we would call those on the Muskie Fly page? Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know if there's a correct name for him, but Swang, yeah, just Sainz, you know, you spend, Sings? you guys know how it is. Everybody out there knows how it is. You spend enough time in, in the boats with your friends, you're sleep deprived, like some weird mm-hmm. shit comes out of your mouth, you know? And I just wanted to like <laughs> capture that and the essence of, of the obscure in musky fly fishing in those memes. So I take like these these weird photos of like Jake Fields waking up one morning and putting one crock on and he's he, he's eating like a leftover brat and <laughs> drinking a clamato and then just just like adding like the perfect tagline with that, you know. <clears throat> Did you uh steal the Indian one yet? Which one's that? The Indian one. The the arrow in the Indian. The arrow of the Indian. The arrow arrow the arrow of the indian no so I have, good i have to know that you're losing me you're losing me okay josh i have a question for you that you can answer uh the they're kind of fine art like pictures that go with these sayings that you're doing do you uh, do you have any idea or any plan for like a coffee table book like for musky on the fly sayings in the future if the demand is out there, what do you guys think? Do you think the demand is out there enough to invest th- in a coffee table book? Because I'll make it. I'm I not think scared. if you're going to do that, you would sell 30 of them. 30? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't think the demand is super high, but I think yeah. the, the people that you would reach and touch are the people that would want the most. Yep, Exactly. And to those people, I say, I might just make it for for Christmas for you if you're really nice this year. You might just uh, print it at uh, Staples. I'll, I'll print it at Staples and get you a copy for your stocking. But, but they, yeah. They're really fine art photographs that go with your uh, your goofy-ass musky sayings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, it's like a it's a very niche market for those sayings. So I don't know if I could mass produce anything unless we broadened it up a little bit, but there's certain, certain ones of those memes have gone over fairly well. Like uh musky fly fishing is a nice way to get disappointed in yourself. Oh wait, a nice relaxing way to get disappointed in yourself. But, <laughs> but some of those, some of those are weird. Like master the art of quick trip condiments with musky fly fishing. But if you know, then you know what we're talking about. So, let uh, I hate to do this, but can we get a little bit serious? Yes, sir. Okay, so you are musky fly fishing guiding now, correct? Yes, sir. A little bit. And what what kind of boat are you guiding? Musky fly fishing guiding out of? Well, our rivers are. What's your future expert? That. We can't take the jet around, really. So I've been doing a, the guiding that I have been doing has been out of a, a stealth craft hooligan raft for the most part. And you enjoy rowing the stealth craft hooligan raft more than rowing the, the jet boat? Uh, yes. First of all, rowing the stealth craft hooligan raft is much more enjoyable than rowing a 1500 pound jet boat. (laughs) (laughs) But really the raft, 
the raft gets you into a lot of places and and the best part of that is it gets you onto small rivers so most people that are you know they that hire a guide for musky fly fishing they're not they're not that diehard musky fly angler that's caught a million muskies they want to get their first musky on the fly so for those people the raft is perfect because we take them out on a lot of these smaller rivers where it's it's more of a quantity fishery versus like a big trophy fishery so the odds of them bagging their first fish is a lot higher now you will get these guys that you know they've caught like whatever five maybe even more muskies on the fly and and it's time that they want a big wall hanger that's when we implement the jet and so we can take them out on the the chippewa system and cover a lot of water and go after that you know that that big big fish and what what's the frequency that you run into those dudes compared to the dudes that won to catch your first muskie well throughout the spring and the summer it's mostly dudes that just want to catch their first muskie and then the folks that are coming in the fall they you know they have some intentions in mind it's not their first rodeo they're like uh we came you know we did this last year in july so we want to try it in the fall and try to go after something a little bit bigger and and um, get onto some bigger water and whatnot. And but yeah, like our rivers, to be honest, they've just been flat out too low to really run the jet boat that much. Like even today, we couldn't really do all of that that much water in that boat just because we can't get anywhere in it. And I got a question about the dudes who want to just catch your first muskies. Yes, yeah, sir. Are on the majority, are they guys that have trout fish before and know how to how to make casts or are you teaching a totally different sport to these people when they want to come out and catch your first muskie on a fly? So yeah, there's you know it's a it's a mix between a lot of folks. Like uh, at the beginning of the day, it's usually the guy's responsibility to, you know, kind of kind of meet with them ahead of time or correspond with them ahead of time. Like, what are your goals for this trip? Like, what is, what's your experience level? Like, do you want to learn how to, to uh, just like get into double hauling today? Is that the takeaway from the trip? Or do you want to, do you want to actually try to bag like one or two muskies and whatnot? So, uh, excuse me. So in that regard, <clears throat> a lot of, a lot of these dudes that you take out, like they, they've really not done musky fishing that much. So you, you really want to just break it down and you want to teach them how to cast to make sure you got that down. If you can get them double hauling by the end of the day, you've done your job. And do you have a preference with dudes that, that know how to double haul or dudes that just come in as a blank canvas? Yeah, the blank canvas dudes are really hard just because it's a long it's a long day casting that big rod with them. And so if they have a little bit of a foundation double hauling, then they'll be much better off as opposed to just coming in blind and having the expectation to bag a huge fish. So if you ever do get dudes that are just blind, want to bag a big fish and never double haul, do you ever just kind of pass them on to Steven? Uh, no, <laughs> I think one thing no, too- Steven and I work together too. We're like, Hey, you know, you know, this guy, 
he came with me last year. Maybe he wants to get out on the Chippewa, get you know, get a different experience out of the jet boat. So he'll refer him to me and vice versa. Like I got these people that want to come in. Uh, they've, they've literally never fly fished before. And Steve is a great instructor and he has a lot of patience. So he can take the time to, you know, break it down and, and hopefully get them on their first fish. I think one thing like that I've done myself too, that I found it's kind of helped is like with the first, like the couple that I've had, that are like completely fresh and new. I've more worked to let's get you single haul into where you're hitting 40, 50 feet. And then at that point, once you're there consistently, which usually doesn't take too, 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 too long, then let's fine tune how to work a fly, you know? what the cadences are, how to strip it, where to keep your line, you know, where to keep everything at, how to pick up that slack line. Cause if you can get a good 50 feet, you can work with that. Mm-hmm. You know, usually, usually if you're in smaller water, mm-hmm. it becomes difficult when on like, do you guys do much on lakes or do you take anyone on lakes at all? Or are you just all strictly rivers? It's pretty much all rivers. Yeah. For the most part. So when you guys but, blow, you're kind of screwed then, huh? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I haven't been in this game for very long. And like I said earlier, off air, I just kind of dabble in, in guiding here and there. And I, I take a lot of overflow work from Wisconsin Fly Fishing Company and Eau Claire Anglers. But in the future, that is the goal is to get out on some of these smaller lakes and and get after some muskies. But, yeah, you're, you're totally right, Mark. Like, there's a lot of nuances into teaching musky fly fishing and and you're right, like get the foundation of double hauling correct and get them comfortable casting out of a boat at a moving target and then start teaching them like, okay, here's different techniques for working that fly or these flies do different things or this is how to read water. This is how to cast and and fish rapids versus like a slow moving foam hole. I'm going to be honest with you too because if, like, if I get like, and I've got a couple people that I know that are going to be coming out here soon that, I know we're coming out. They're going to fish a fly, and at the end of the day, they're probably not going to pick up a fly anymore. Then people there, I'm not even worried about teaching you how to single haul. You're going to water load. Yeah. Because at that point, I'm not trying to benefit you down the road or teach you anything to learn down the road. You're going to try to catch a fish right now. Let's learn, let me teach you how to water load, you know? Exactly, yeah. And when you when you kind of get a sense of that, you're totally right. It's not like we could waste all this time of me teaching you a technique and a skill set that you're not going to want to use. Or if we can just get down to brass tacks and get you onto some fish Yep. in which, in which case you just want to keep that fly in the water hunting as much as possible. Yep. hundred percent. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you've poked some, I mean, we haven't really talked like number wise, but you've poked a few good ones since we've last talked. How many of you guys got now over that 45 mark? Um, I'm not sure. Like, are you talking about like our whole crew out of the Eau Claire area? Well, I mean, I know you yourself have got what, three or four over that size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last, the uh, last, uh, late fall was really good. Again, on that, that double Buford black and orange fly, that thing was just, it was on fire last fall. So late October and early November, we saw several fish that were 48, 46, um, and then a lot of mid-40s fish as well. And then there was one monster that showed up towards the end of the season that 
made the 50 incher on my wall look pretty freaking tiny. <laughs> and man, that thing, uh, th- that was a tough one to lose. It was, it was heartbreaking. And the problem was there was like a small tick in the, the last island of my fly rod and it sheared my fly line in half when it went under the boat. Uh, God that, damn it. That, that it one still, back, that one still hurts. Cause I, I mean, I remember that talking to you about that vividly. I think I called you almost instantly and was, is basically in tears over that fish. Yes, you were, you were <laughs> to say distraught was, you know, an, an understatement. Yep. But, uh, we do, we do have a lot of big fish in our system. Over the years, uh, like Steve and Max have piled up a lot of big fish, and and their clients have seen a lot of big fish in the Chippewa, specifically in late October and and early November. There was one year, there was like a two week time frame. We caught thirteen fish, and the average size was forty six inches. <laughs> so, so it was like. Jesus, if if the average fish we're seeing is 46 inches, imagine what's actually down there. Um, there was a there was a guy that we all know. I don't know if he wants me to name his name, but he begged uh, a pretty decent fish last year. It was 53 inches out of that system. So that's the biggest one I've heard of being caught around here. Um, if you talk to like the local taxidermist <laughs> in Eau Claire. He's been uh, guiding the area and, and doing taxidermy for the last 20 years. He was saying typically the biggest muskie he sees is about 51. So we have a we have a pretty healthy population of. Who of got to 53? In our. Hello. You can tell us off air. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> hey Josh, I got another question for you. Your photos, they're definitely distinct when you're scrolling through. Uh, Scrolling through Instagram and you see Bam Bam, they're definitely distinct. Do you have a preset that you uh, you run on Photoshop or what? Uh, what's your camera gear that you're using? Sure, yeah. So, uh, so, so to all of our techie camera fishy nerds out there, absolutely. I'm running, I'm running a Canon 80D, and I'm either using a wide angle or I'm using just a basic zoom lens for by in-field photography and then uh back in the editing room i'm using lightroom for all of my editing and i basically extract all the colors out them out of the photos and just pop the greens and the oranges okay yep and just like you know make it super um hot it's like it's almost like a high fashion preset you know like super uh good contrast really um uh was it boost the the blacks in there you know and and really boost the whites in all of those photos and and then bring out the the oranges and the greens it it kind of always looks like the golden hour Mm -hmm. you know the way that you're doing it it always looks like you're catching them right in the last 15 minutes of the day Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep it's just like uh, i don't know I don't know how much weight I put on Instagram, but I really enjoy photography and I enjoy kind of like the visual aspect of it all. So I just kind of wanted to develop a feed that had a consistent look and everything. And that was kind of like, you know, the aesthetic I was ultimately going for. And you nailed it. And also, uh, if someone books a guide day with you and they do stick a fish, 
Are they getting a print? Or do they get uh any access to the to the to the digital media? Yep. I think that uh photography is one of the most important aspects of most fishing trips and especially guide trips because a lot of these people that you take out in the river, they may not get the opportunity to fish that frequently throughout the year. So, you know, especially on a musky trip, you always want to make sure that camera is ready to go. The lens is cleaned off and you've done your test shots for the day. So when the time comes, you can minimize that time that that fish is out of the water and get the shots that you need um to capture you know that that fish and then they can you know they can relive that experience they can relive that trip for years to come so every trip that we go on it doesn't matter which guide i'm i'm working with if i'm going by myself we always take as many photos as, as we can throughout the trip when it makes sense and we compile them at the end of the trip and put together a digital online photo gallery for everybody to download so you are taking more pictures than just of the fish of the client. Yep. Cause I want to encapsulate like the whole, uh, lifestyle behind it, you know, like the little things here and there, like what fly were we using? Just, you know, getting a shot of like the rapids we went through or some of the wildlife just so it's not like, Oh, here's the fish straight on. Like, you know, every, every boring shot, we've seen it a million times. Like what's going to separate your photography more than the next guy and just try to like take photos from different angles have have somebody dip that fish into the water right before you take a shot and lift it up so you get that really nice uh dripping effect coming off that fish's head it makes it a lot more realistic and it, it definitely separates it from everybody else's photography that and uh right when the guy's lighting a cigar and you know it's blowing a big pluma like flame yep oh right man there. yeah that's... gabe park Gabe Park took that photo of Roman Stam lighting up the cigar and the sun, like the halo of the sun was coming through that cigar plume. That was a gorgeous shot. I don't know that, but I, I'm going to have to go check that one out. <laughs> you you haven't seen that photo, but you were talking about it? He mm -hmm. just took that photo. That's super ironic. Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't been on Instagram this weekend. Oh, holy cow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But that's just something cool. That like That's a good feature for a drift boat that you would be thinking about you know what i mean it is it certainly is and i know like uh luke swanson he's like really big into uh capturing a lot of his moments with his clients you know he has gopros running all day long and he's he's running external battery packs he probably i think he even did like a youtube episode about his camera setup or, yeah he did or, what, or he talked about it on your podcast maybe yeah like three times yeah like <laughs> yeah, we love that dude <laughs> and like that's really important. Like that's that's the extra level of service you're getting with living the dream. Uh, you know, when you go on a trip with him, it's like, oh yeah, we can all remember what that fish looked like. But he actually captured it and took the time to set up those GoPros so you can like relive that fish over and over. And that right there is what makes a repeat customer for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. So we we've been talking musky with you a ton, man. Do you do any smallmouth guiding? Do you do any pike guiding? I, I know, you know, Fly Strong podcast, you guys did trout fishing and pike fishing, but mm -hmm. are you guiding for them? Yeah, smallmouth is definitely the cash crop of Wisconsin. So that's uh, that's really what everybody wants to, to go after. And that fish 
it's one of those fish where like you know a lot of people can pick up a six to eight weight fly rod and pretty much like get it to the point throughout the trip where they're effectively casting it you know musky flies and 10 and 12 weights that's a lot harder to deal with during the day especially with somebody who's never casted before so yeah smallmouth trips there's a lot more of folks out there that that specifically want to target smallmouth you know during their limited time on the water but uh what was i gonna say here i can't remember i can't remember about smallmouth yeah <laughs> they're the they're the cash crop of wisconsin <laughs> but here's the thing about smallmouth and musky so when you're guiding a musky trip you can always chalk up the shitty fishing to musky when you go into a smallmouth guide trip the expectation is that you're going to pile up fish in the boat yeah, you want 100 so when, fish in a day when you roll into lunch with zero fish in the boat you're pretty you're pretty stressed out <laughs> do, you, do, do you cook uh lunch on your guide trips no i no. do not cook lunch not in the summer in the fall it's a different story because mm. you know it's it's fun to like pull over make a really small fire where it's legal and maybe bust out the coleman two burner and uh, cook up some brats and stuff like that and the cold, the cold weather, it's hard on everybody. So just having like, you know, that little bit of warmth and, and just like a hearty meal, that's such a morale booster to go mm. for round two in the afternoon. I tell you what, though, even through the summers, it's been beneficial. I mean, we've been doing a lot. It's, oh, I love the shore lunges. It's a nice break in the day. You got, do you cook lunches for your clients, Mark? I do. Every, every trip I cook lunch. Yeah. And then if, uh, most of the time, I mean, I'm dark to dark the last few, I've even done dinner too, because I mean, we've literally, it's been five thirty and getting done 1130. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I cook. I definitely 100% every trip you get lunch and there's meat and cheese and snacks and stuff I bring and then water, coffee, everything. So going, going back to the uh, point about like going the extra mile and making that trip memorable, you know, it's, it's not all about the fish you catch. It's about the experience and, and the things you learn throughout the day. So, you know, the, the time that you're taking to pull over and make shore lunch, that's just something a lot of people, they don't get the opportunity to do very often, if ever in their life. So the fact that you're doing that, that makes that trip like extra, extra special for them. No, and you know what? One thing with it, too, is every single trip, it varies. It's never going to be the same. I mean, it depends on where the float is, where we're going to have an adequate place to stop at. But it also depends on windows. And, like, mm -hmm. I'll set that expectation up in the morning with a customer. I'm like, listen, hey, today we've got a great window here from so-and-so to so-and-so. So our time that we're going to stop and want to eat today is going to be 2 o'clock. So, you know, you know, going into it. But then it also, I mean, you set that expectation. They're excited going into that window. And then when that window's done, I mean, then you get to eat. And, you know, the one day was perfect because we poked the fish and then went right in. And it's like, all right, let's go eat now. Boom, went right <laughs> in and ate. And it was kind of like worked out perfect. But every, every day varies a little bit with that, though, too. Mm-hmm. And, that, like, uh, there's some clients, they don't give a shit about food. They're they're there, like, we want to pile up fish. And, and, and I don't care if I'm just going to eat a granola bar and that's the way it is. And then there's some clients, you know, they take it all in. They take all their five senses in and they want everything, you know, 
they want to experience it all. So they, they'll, they'll want like a fine wine or a cigar or even a freaking charcuterie board, you know, things like that. <laughs> they want the comforts of home. Yep. So 100%. in that regard, like, yeah, sometimes people, they don't give a shit if you're making a really cool shore lunch and they're like, why am I even wasting my time with this person with this amazing Dutch oven meal? <laughs> yep. Yep. Everybody's uh, a little different. Who was, I ta- who was I talking to? I think I was talking to Steve Weisner recently. His client said they were really picky about the food that they had during a fishing trip. So they insisted on bringing their own food and Steve could eat it. Perfect. Which is crazy. Absolutely like, perfect. Okay. Yeah. You supply <laughs> lunch and I'll just row you guys down the river. It'll be great. He's mm-hmm. just an ore jockey. Mm hmm. And like, uh, Steve Pogodetsky, Pogo Pike, Pogo. had him on the show a million times. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. He's a <laughs> he's an all right cat. He he. I don't even know if he wants me to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyways. He takes folks out on tr- river trips where they don't even fish. They just want to get out of the city and go float a river and experience nature and enjoy a nice bottle of wine and watch the sun go down. Yeah, 100%. Yep, he does. That's that's a great idea for people that just want to, you know, we, they don't fish and they just want to spend a day on the water. We thought about that. Yeah. Where do you think that Mark, idea came from? Mark, I think we even talked about we that. We talked that's about like that. your ideal fishing client because you don't even have oh. to bring gear stress out about piling smallmouth in the boat. Yep, that's perfect. That's a that's a hundred day smallmouth right there. If we hit this yep. one spot, do you mind if I pull a fly rod out? <laughs> we can just float. Yeah. I'm going to drop anchor real quick. Just give me just a second. I'll, I'll teach you guys how to row so you get the full experience. And then fish so you can watch it. And it'll be beautiful. I'll sing you Italian songs while you row me down the river. Mm-hmm. Take the oar out and use this like a gondola. But, uh, uh, yeah, we uh, honestly, like, I'm going to go back to your, your question about other species besides muskie we like in the spring we fish a lot of pike um our pike are open year round on the lower chippewa so we target them uh basically at the beginning of march we start going after them and that's when you can actually get really big fish and then we do a lot of winter trout fishing so you know there's there's fish that get us throughout the whole season so we never have a month off or anything but muskies are, are definitely near and dear to our heart at this uh, stage in the game. But a lot of us come from pretty heavy trout backgrounds. And, uh, man, does does the trout background play any effect into the muskie game? I I can say where it does and doesn't for me. I, I want to know <laughs> from you. Yeah, the, I would say – the way that trout plays into the musky game for me is being able to understand a river. Did, under, do, understand what's that, Chad? Do you float rivers for trout as well? I I personally don't. I know um, Hunter Dorn does with Wisconsin Fly Fishing Company. Yeah, he offers some float trips. We just don't have that many uh, float trips of you know really available with our river systems in Wisconsin. But there are rivers you can fish. Um, for trout out of a drift boat and whatnot but most of it's done waiting steve does steve weisner he's a super talented trout fisherman and he does a lot of waiting trips with folks 
Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's, it's all on shore and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, the trout fishing background, it really helps you understand a river. It helps you be able to read water and whether or not you're rowing or fishing, you, you know, exactly where to go, what to look for, you know, where fish are going to be granted, like these species, they might not stick to this the same exact type of structure or water features and whatnot but you can pretty much say like there's probably going to be a fish in this foam hole or this slack water it's not going to be out in this ripping current in november and whatnot and then um as far as like the flies are concerned you know we're fishing streamers for big predator fish so when you're fishing big streamers for for brown trout fish you kind of translate that skill set over and just scale it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Learn the cadences and everything. And speaking yep. of that, have you ever upsized just like a sex dungeon to like six inches and thrown that for muskies? Oh, you're damn right I have. God damn right. <laughs> Kelly had yeah. something right, right? He did. And that's the dirty secret about a lot of these, uh, you know, these trout patterns. I'm doing air quotes. You guys can't see them right now, but the trout patterns, <laughs> neither can our listeners for not only big browns, big trout in general, but that stuff works for smallmouth, a lot of pike. You'll pick up walleyes on them. And then, um, early summer, you'll see a lot of like, you know, mid mid thirties muskies. They'll go and attack that stuff too. So it's pretty cool that you get a lot of bang for your buck when you tie a decent sized sex dungeon. But the the bad thing is there that you have to you have to waste the time to make the nice deer hair head and then have the the Esox teeth chew it up. Oh man. You here's here's what you need to do. Forget about the deer hair head. Just substitute that with strung fuzzy fiber. Oh, I'm sold. 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 Yeah, tit t- that like uh, Gunner Brammer, he he made strung fuzzy fiber super sexy so anywhere where you see the stupid deer head just put strung fuzzy fiber there save yourself like a half hour and all the frustration yeah man it's like john michael montgomery sold (laughs) sold baby yes sir (laughs) so hey what was that no, go for it. What's uh, up, Chad? I was going to say, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you, you think we should be touching on? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of material. There were a couple questions I floundered on, but I'm excited to listen to it tomorrow. It's, it's um, going to sound way about, better in real time, just so you know. Oh, hell yeah. I appreciate that. They always do, because uh, there's times when I think, oh, we, we waited like three seconds to ask a question, but in real life, it's like a third of a second. So don't worry. <laughs> yep, yep. How are you guys doing? You got anything? I no think gravy. I think we're gravy, man. Alrighty. So where hey, pre- where can people go and book a guide trip with you? Uh, you can book it through Eau Claire Anglers or uh, Wisconsin Fly Fishing Company, or just reach out to me through Instagram at bambamflyguy.com. And where are people going to go to buy stickers at? Bambamflyguy.com dot com baby yeah there we go and if i could suggest one for everybody to go out and buy it would be the 8-bit musky 
Yep. Oh, yes, sir. For sure. That, I, I like I the... Got, uh, I got to actually print that. You like that one, Chad? I love that. I have it saved on my phone somewhere. Oh, man. I that uh, I haven't even put that into production yet, but I should. I like the uh, one Bride and the Penny pinup one. Penny the pinup. She's the top seller for yep. sure. That one's awesome. That one's on the cooler. I have like three of them in my toolbox, and uh, I switch shops, and nobody knows what musky on the fly is at my new shop. They're like... What the fuck are all these stickers on your toolbox, bro? <laughs> I'm sorry. I lead a double life, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody cares. And I don't I don't disclose anything to anyone else. Yeah, it's, it's hard to explain. It's like being an enthusiast of jousting. It's just like, you just got to go out and do it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Collecting model train cars. <laughs> I, I live in Knight's Tale. So, alrighty, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time, Josh. Oh, no problem. Definitely, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you guys so much. Good luck with the rest of your podcast. Oh, Mark, you drink this beer. I got like I got like half a beer left. No, I'm good shape. It's all you, man. I'm good. I brought four over for the show. Thought you were yeah. contemplating on getting another beer. That's you drink right. this one. You're all right. Don't worry about it. Drink it. Okay. No, it's Mark's beer. I want to see him chug it. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I will take a sip and you can have the rest. You drink the first third of it. Perfect. I'll, I'll drink the last like, two thirds. Good idea. <laughs> there you go. So, Mark. I had yesterday's trip that I did, and you had a fun trip that you said you did, and then Jay went out today. Yep. Do we you guys go first. That we haven't spoke up. Be quick. Well, I was Wednesday, so I'll go ahead because I was the earliest there. Yeah, I'll get that ahead. out of the way, and you guys were just here recent. But, yeah, Jim, we were talking about him at, like, the fly tying night. I used to work with him, and he wanted to get into muskie, you know, fly fishing, and we made a couple trips, and he's been getting it down. So I was like, all right, here's the deal. Pike are hot right now. I want you to kind of get your feet wet. Let's go do a pike trip. I want you to catch a pike. I want you to get a feeling of what these e-socks do, what the you know what they do. So I was like, but listen, I didn't really tell them, but I'm like, I'm gonna be kind of hard on you. You're gonna take the front of the boat, and I'm gonna sit in row all day long. You're in the heckle chair. You're in the heckle chair. I'm gonna expect because I'm going down through here, and and a lot of this time now is time that I'm fishing. I'm fishing different water, even though I'm fishing the same floats. Let's say that there was a section, I remember last time, this section was dead. I may hit it real quick, and if it doesn't produce, I'm going to hurry up and move to the opposite side, and I'm going to fish something a little bit different. I'm going to keep, and I was back and forth, I and mean, I was rowing my hind end off, and I was just trying, like, let's do this, let's do that. I'd anchor up, and we'd sit for a little bit, and we would keep working it, then I'd stand up and work the pole. I mean, we were beating areas. You figure 
I mean, it was noon before we got down to the power lines. And that's hmm, mile and a half. Maybe two miles at most. So, I mean, you figure in five hours, that's all that we covered. In the first 10% of it, I power rode through because we had an early window. So we got down there and we got set up on it and we started working our way down through and it was just, it was getting so low. And at this point of the week, I mean, Saturday was money. When we were there Saturday, that was money. That's when it still had the height that had a little bit of color. Now it was down, still had a touch of dinge, but it was probably 24, if not a little bit more. It had some good viz. And that whole pull that I was kind of expecting, I just keep dropping anchor and sticking a rod down. It's like, this isn't good. It's not good enough. Nope. So we just keep working our way down. And then all of a sudden, like, put the fly here. Thanks, guys. No. Put it here. No. Put it right here. Boom. Did strip. Boom. Fish right there. Okay. There we go. Fought in good. Strip set. Did good job. Fought that fish in. I was like a low 30s. I was like a 31. He didn't set the hook or set the rod like a center no, pinner? None of them. None he didn't do one. a rick over his head trout set? Nope. <laughs> nope. Absolutely just pinned it. I mean, he may have had a sweep involved, but it rod stayed in the water. Okay. Hey, I I do Perfect. a sweep. Yep. I do a sweep with my strip. Yep. You know? So it worked out good. So we work our way down. And same thing, poke another fish. And kind of get down to where this one spot, it's like, the money spot. It's like I know like right here. And it's getting kind of like iffy right now. But I'm like, there's still got to be a fish in here. As soon as we get in there, we get in, we got to get into position, and he gets snagged. God damn it, Jim. <laughs> so we get in there. We get it. We kind of move back. And I was like, get in right up against that log. And then, boom, fish comes out of that log. Wait, wait. You went in, got the fly unstuck, rode back No, up. this was like. Maybe 20 foot, 30 foot down. Okay. So uh, not far, right beside it. But we're right at this point. So it's like, make the cast down at this log. No, because I've always wanted to know. When I go into... Oh, no, no. To get a, a flying stuck, how far down is far enough to be actually physically fishing? You know what? When I'm working in sections that I know fish are, when we get snagged, I tend to not row into it anymore. Cause, because where we are, so little current, almost pull us in. Or if it does, you're going to take a couple minutes to get in. I mean, even if we're stuck 50 you know, feet, not far, I'm going to take my time getting in. Yeah. Because I don't want to bump right there. As soon as we get in with how low it is, you're bumped. So trying to pull a lot of it in and just pull us right into it. And that's actually, we've caught a few fish doing that. Because once we've got in there, it's like, okay, well, here's your position. Hit that, that, that up the bank. Because now once I row out, we're going to lose that. Go ahead and cast. We're sitting right here on the bank. Boom, work that up. We've picked up fish doing that lately. Back upstream? No, downstream. 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 Okay. Mm. And pulling the fly back up. Mm-hmm. So we get this fish and get it in. It's a nice fish. It's upper 20s, close to 30. Get it in the net. Go lift it up in the boat. Fish swims out of the net. <laughs> you got to be kidding what me. The f- what the F? Who the so hell is the <laughs> asshole that gave you this it, net? At this point, I'm already on <laughs> anchor. So I'm anchored and I am holding the net with my left hand and I am pulling the fish back in with my right. And I pull the fish back up now at this point that it is dead flush with the net. And I'm the like, big okay. blue net? No. 
the, that new metal piece of crap one. My net. Yeah, the metal My one net. that we take everywhere. We beat the snot out of. Yeah, the, the one with the blue. The one on. that I gave to you guys last year for the Beast that I said, oh, that's great because it has a hole in it. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. The PJ so, put his big fish in. At this point. Oh, yeah, isn't it? Now the fish is at the net. So I've got the fish at the net. I've got the net pretty much sitting vertical up and down in the water, and I can't do nothing with it because it is tangled around a whole bunch of fly line, and it's pretty much locked in place there. So now I'm like, all right, I'm going to net the net and the fish with the cradle. So I try to get the net and the fish in the cradle, and that's not working. Finally, I'm like, that's enough. I reach down to water. I gill the fish. I throw it in the raft. I grab the net, throw it in the raft. Next thing I look up, my cradle's floating down the water. I'm like, shit. Now I got to pick up anchor. I pick up, and I'm front rowing like hell trying to get back up to my cradle. Meanwhile, I there's got, a fucking pike now, flopping on the floor. Now I got like a 30-inch pike flopping around on the floor of the raft. I got a net sprawling across the front of it. Like, this is an absolute mess right now. Thank you, Chad. Grab it, stuff it in the back, drop anchor again, get the fish like unhooked. I'm like, hold them. Take the picture, put the fish back. All right, we're done. Now we get the 40-pound mono out and fixed all the holes. <laughs> oh, what a mess it was. Oh, my God. That's the best thing that I could ever. Oh. <laughs> that, th- that was Sheeb's net. That's the way he would have wanted it. Oh, what a mess. <laughs> but we kept working our way down. You know what? Never moved a smallie. Huh. They've all kind of shifted around. They've been weird. Last couple of trips, they have been really weird on us. They haven't been moving at all. And then uh, I mean, we picked up. I mean, we landed four fish that day. We got like a 29, 31, or, and uh, maybe like a 24 and a 25, something like right around there. The one fish he did lose was a dink, like an 18. And the weird part is of all the places it came off that cement pillar at the end. Really? Yeah, where all them pillars are sticking up, right off one of them pillars. I'm like, make a cast right there, right past that pillar, and then boom, next thing he sees a flash. I'm like, really? Pike. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are you sitting there? Those weird. fish are weird. Fish had to be suspended at the top of a pillar in 12 foot of water. Yeah. Why? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Exactly. <laughs> it, the only fish that has ever came out of there in the how many times I've been down through there? Eating crickets. Only a time of ever. <laughs> yep. He's eating crickets. I don't know. Maybe once it gets that low, they kind of move <clears> around, <throat> but it was a lot lower than I'm typically at it. I'm kind of finding that level that I really like. And and we're not there yet. No. <laughs> no, and I really got a feeling it's not going to be until we push closer to winter. I mean, we're just not getting that water table up. As much water as we do get, it's coming quick, and it's not holding the water table. So Today, our, today was nice. It was just like a mist all day. It did nothing. Yeah, I know, but it, it kind of just like made the the ground wet. Hopefully. And, and, you know, like our bottoming out now is at 300, where that bottom out would be nice if it was at 7 and 8 when that water table is up, but it just it's not. Not even close. We're dealing with a lot of dirty water, but I tell you what, though, when it's bright sunny days right now, it's just I take that dirty water because I mean, it's just it, it is. It's it's that these bright sunny days are hitting it. We're noticing good activity, and then we're noticing it off and on through the day. 
in what I am picking up off and on through the day typically has been in the shaded areas. I've even went to the point where I've fished an area back road up and went and fished the opposite mud bank on the opposite side just to see if them shift the fish shifted up and went into a couple foot kind of out there searching. I can't find a fish on a mud bank right now to save my life. None. Hmm. Zero. Period. None. Hmm. Have not seen one. Well, and when you can look up and down, today. yeah, I mean, when you can look up and down a hundred foot flat and pretty much see everything on it, and you fish it every single time, it's like there ain't nothing here. I'd see it if there was, and plus we fished it. So you, then you leave it be. Yeah, they're just not up on them. It's weird. You figure them early mornings when that sun would hit, they move up out and they'd kind of get up onto there and search. And nothing. You would think, but Western Pennsylvania fish. Man. I think I figured out what them smallmouth did though. What's I that? really did because the last couple of trips we haven't moved them, but the one before, once I got to the bottom of that creek mouth, um, your perspective. Remember when that day with Derek, the boat picked us up and pretty much the wind hit us about forty mile an hour and about set me into the bank. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Up from there, there's a creek mouth. Yeah, right out right in fr- front of those houses. Yeah, right out in front of there, it drops down to about nine, ten foot. Bottom is just littered. I'm telling you what, my screen for f- about. 75 straight yards was littered, nine foot all along the bottom. Hmm. Could have been walleyes. Next time it happens and it gets to 300, I'm going to run down through there with clousers. I'm going to bury them down and I'm going to see. Or take a spin and run in a Ned rig just to see. But yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that looks like that's where a lot of them smallmouth went. Because, I mean, it typically where them walleyes are. Good- we we know where the walleyes are. They're in different holding pools. That would be a good wintering hole yeah. for the small And then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, that spot just lit up, and it hadn't lit up. There hadn't been nothing down there the last 10 times I've been down there. And now all of a sudden, it was just marked with fish the whole way. Nine foot is up to six foot. 75 yards straight of them. Yeah. But we that, couldn't pick up a smallie all of a sudden. That sounds right. And where do they go? They, they all... And it's all up. off the edge of riprap on a shelf that drops right off from two, three foot. Boom, ends on riprap and drops right off down to nine So foot. then when that river blows out, they can go up on onto that, that rip shelf. Rap. Yep. And yep. they're still. 100%. Yep. I'm betting you any money. That's why we lost them there. They dropped off out into there and they're just hanging out. Yeah. it. That's somewhere to go. Keep that in mind mm-hmm. in December. You know what I mean? When you w- have someone that wants to go out and catch a fish. Mm-hmm. Take him on smallmouth fishing, man, and go to those wintering holes. That's a very good possibility because there's... And throw something like this under an indicator with <laughs> the, yeah. ba- the balanced minnow under, in, under an indicator. You that know what I mean? a bad idea. Just throw it under a giant popper just so it's not an indicator. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's the popper <laughs> dropper. Yeah. Popper dropper, man. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> So, yeah, all in all, though, that turned out to be a pretty good day. We put a full day in. I mean, we launched early. We didn't finish up till <coughs> 7 o'clock or so. It was a good day. It was a good day. Should we put on Ice Cube? We should. <laughs> so, um, Jay, you want to get into the day, or should I get into my trip first? You went yesterday, so you go. I'll okay. go last, like I said. Okay, so last night. What they say, hey son, Friday, I just got a hair up my ass and said, Ash, I'm taking the dog. We're going to the camp tonight. She said, okay, good. Maybe I might get a good night's sleep. Okay. 
Because the dog wakes us up at like four in the morning. Because <laughs> Chad will be badgering the shit out of her. Because I won't be grabbing her boobies at yeah, four exactly. in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, but I took the dog up and uh, I woke up at four in the morning because the dog wanted to go out to go poop. <laughs> and I couldn't go back to sleep. So four in the morning it was. And I ended up making sausages and I had breakfast cooked by time bef- an hour before the sun was up. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So we were playing catch and throwing catch at the camp. And it's the first time I've been up there in probably a year. God, I love that place. I love camp. It's in Forest County, Pennsylvania. If anyone hasn't been there, Forest County, Pennsylvania is God's country. I love it. But this weekend, they had a little thing called Tour of the Forest, which is when they shut down the Allegheny Forest, all the back roads and dirt roads, and they let four-wheelers and side-by-sides and dirt bikes, which I'm not complaining. Believe me, I'm not complaining because I've been this dude before. But they let four-wheelers and side-by-sides and dirt bikes just drive these back roads and dirt roads and and dirt roads. Uh, F&A. So, I... I hit a little creek that was by our camp that I'd hit before, and I really like it. It was a cool creek, and but it was really low gradient. Like, it, it was way lower gradient than I remember before. <clears throat> so there was no riffle run, riffle pull, riffle run. It was just slow pull, foot and a half foot deep with mud bottom the whole time. And then there was one big pool, like a like a beaver pond pool. And I threw my dry fly out, and it just sat there, like on top. And my dog jumped in. And I saw, like, seven trout swirling in the bottom. I was like, oh, <laughs> they're there. <laughs> they're just not looking up. <laughs> so I came back later that day and threw a woolly bugger at them. I had one, one stock trout whack it. And after that, they wouldn't wouldn't touch a woolly bugger. And I left, and I went to try to hit some of the other creeks down in the Allegheny National Forest, only to find the, the roads were closed to to pick up trucks and cars. It's like, ah, oh, god damn it! So I I hit Blue Jay Creek, mm-hmm. which was a really cool creek, and uh, I'm only saying it because it's right off the main road, and it's it's just a it's a creek. Everybody knows Blue Jay. And the only... I did see one one fish start to move toward my fly. Came up. And then my dog jumped in the water. And it scooched down. Like, ah, God damn it. And then I went to uh, an overhanging rock. And I threw a stimulator up. And I saw a fish come up. And went, I saw it eat the fly and turn. I set the hook. It fully... Jacked it out of the water, <laughs> and it got hung up around a a pine pine limb above my head. I was like, "Oh, you're hanging like you're on a hangman's noose." <laughs> and then I looked at it, and it was a creek chub. I was like, "God damn it!" <laughs> so, I I caught one creek chub. You are just a path of destruction for a little brook trout lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't a brook trout, so I'm I'm totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, creek chubs. You know what? This thing came up. I saw it come up. 
it ate and swirled. I was like, oh my God, this is cool. That's why I gave that fish every, once I unstrung it from the, from the, the hemlock branches, I was like, I will give you every bit of respect I would have brick trout after I let my dog eat you. Back in the day when I used to trout fish, that's how I practiced dry fly, like and casting and like getting all like the drifts right. It was on creek chubs. They'd always eat, didn't matter how low or whatever it was, you go throw a little eighteen up there, it's gonna come up and whack it. I, I like the fall fish. They're yeah, beautiful. They are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I had one hit a strip streamer last year when I was doing that carpicide. Because, you know, I, I was done fishing for carp and I wanted to catch a hybrid and <laughs> I had a fall fish come and hit a streamer. I haven't caught they one will. in a long time. Yeah, they're, they got some nice color to them. Mm-hmm. They got that pink on their cheeks. They yeah. look pretty. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen They'll them. They'll find a few of those in the other stream you were on with your dog before. There's a few of those up through there. Are there? Yeah. I had, had one, any... one nice one. I should have been, you know, should have been something else, but it was, you know, a little warmer, a little lower. In an eddy. Thought he was going to come up. It'd be an interesting winter to see what happens. I mean, they're calling for rain all week, but if we get like we what we did, it's just this isn't going to do nothing. I, mean, we I need, need a lot of rain. We need a lot. I want to at least get one trout float in before. I'd love fuck. to come back before they start fucking. Yeah. Let me know. I'll go with you. Cool. Take a day after any week. Yeah, yeah I'll row for work. you. I got two days left. I, I still owe you a day rowing. <laughs> you stole us a day of rowing, and Jay stole us. A- yeah, oh, well, a day. That's gonna have to wait till next spring. Yeah, don't it's be way f- too fucking cold. Well, fucking Ned's was not cold yeah, today. Yeah, I'm not rowing that little creek all day long too because that's gonna beat the shit out of my body. Mm-hmm. I play for you. We'll to wait till we do our local place so you can do the your naked ones. The chat will be happy and yeah, off the stare at you. God Great. damn it! I want to see Jay in a fucking Borat bikini. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that flow today. It was fun. We had a good time. Rivers it didn't seem like it was. It I liked the level it was at just a few days ago. What's it they, now? Two sixty, like you said. One eighty something. Oh, it's one eighty. Yeah, it's low as fuck. It's really. But uh, okay. you know, when it's a little bit, I mean, you know, a little bit higher like it was last weekend. Yeah. Fishing seemed like it was starting to heat up a little bit. And you know, like I said last weekend, two good sized small mouse and a few hybrids, you know, and. Seemed like I was like, oh, well, let's float. You know, I would float and see how the smallmouth are going to be throughout the whole float. And it was a little slower on the smallmouth than we would have liked. Um, cool highlight from today's float was, uh, you know, both the guys rode. It wasn't Foggy a, this morning? Um, Not much. It was raining. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was a little intermittent rain this morning. All brought our rain jackets and, you know, no wet waiting now. Everybody's, you know, back in their gear, so... I mean, everybody had, at least everybody brought rain jackets and nobody was wet. Um, but slow, slow start. And, um, but like I said, one highlight uh, going down through um, my buddy Jordan caught his first ESOX on the fly. He didn't know how to, you know, he's, I'd never caught a pike on the fly, you know, and he wasn't throwing a big fly. Um, John, on the other hand, I told him, hey, bring your musky rod down. Throw some big, you could throw some big flies in certain areas and move pike or musky, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, perfect right now. You might, you actually might see one. Mm-hmm. So he did, and he had, we had one little follow from a small pike. Um, it was like twice the size of the fly. So, you know, like an 18 incher or something. And, uh, 
but got down and um, he Jordan wasn't even throwing anything for Pike. He was throwing a two inch all black leech, and it was you know just dragging behind a boat at that point actually, and you know boom, all of a sudden he's got a fish on. It's like not a great set into it, like you talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's like oh my gosh, keep keep tension on this fish, like keep tension, even though you only have ten pound test and it could just you know bite it off if it's hooked wrong. Keep tension. As soon as that uh, fish hit the net, and um, other buddy, he John, he was rowing, so he rowed him into that fish. I was in the back of the boat fishing, and uh, I'm like, all right, I'm just trying to, you know, tell John what to do and trying to, you know, just to, you know, make sure everything works just right. Orchestrated. Yeah, like, hey, spin me into the fish a little bit. You know, if you could back row here, you could spin my the ass end of the boat right into the fish, and all right, bring that fish up, bring that fish up, you know. Got a good net underneath it. We took the bigger net that I have just in case, you know, something happened like that. And it was a good-sized fish. It was a nice-sized fish, and he was pumped. And, you know, I had to show him, hey, you know, you can stick your finger right here up underneath the gill plate, and you can, you know, then you can hold, get a good hold on him and then, you know, move your hand from wherever you need to then. So, yeah, it went well. went well. That fish got released great. And um, saw some smallmouths just with water being so low on some poppers. You know, or f- flies right below the surface. We we dredged those black leeches for a while. Right after that, it's like, oh, fuck, that's what we're both all going to, you know. And I dredged a leech myself into like a fucking hundred snags and nothing. Nothing. Not a small mouth on those. Hmm. Uh, I ended up throwing one of the guest flies. It was uh, like a double, like, like, weave hair type of, or like a strung fiber or some kind of, you know, like something like a, one of these game changers is made out of uh, just a little double with a wig, with a wiggle tail or a, not a wiggle tail, a uh, little dragon tail, little mini dragon tail. I was like, oh, that can't be, that can't be resisted from the small mouth. So I got a couple on that myself. And, uh, but they, they were throwing top water for a lot of the day and getting a few on top water. Like we said, we tried on bottom and everything else. It just wasn't working for us. Hmm. But uh, got down and um, <clears throat> Jordan walked around. He he threw the first couple um, pitches at the hybrids. Didn't see anything. We all got we got the boat down through the obstruction and uh, John walked out across first and couldn't have been a couple cast in. He what we we heard. I didn't wasn't even facing and all I heard was water splash. No, no, he, he it missed or something happened where, all, but all I hear was you know water splashing like oh shit like he fell in <laughs> no something's about to get serious and he took a few more steps and made one more cast and there it was and he I mean he he was starting he's trying to strip this fish in at first like he's trying to fight this fish and I'm like. And then I'm watching his arm get like ripped almost into the his fingers get ripped almost into the eyelets of a fly rod. I'm like, just let it go, let it run. It's not a trout, bro. Let it run. It just, just then it just it fucking went nuts. It was like eight pounds. It was a nice one. So it's pulling hard, and I'm, he's like, "Where are you? Where, you know?" I said, "Come up back over here." And uh, Jordan grabs a net, you know. So I'm like, "All right, Jordan, you know, like be serious." And uh, this thing's, you know, there's all those other logs down through there. So it's running like, and he comes back over to shore. So it's running toward the log. And it, it's like, dude, if it gets past that log and now down, like you better either Shit's beeline gone. above it or you're just going to be screwed. So, he, he, you know, 
just kind of pulls down into it the one time and and uh yeah, I mean he yeah, he really hunkers down in the one time and kinda of, and finally he did he turned it right there and it was just about to be there and it, it ran down it instead, came right back toward us and by that time now Jordan was out there and it all went well. Hmm. Actually uh, Jordan went to net it the first time, I take that back. All wasn't well. <laughs> Jordan went to net it the first time, gets it on like the rim of the net and like picks the fish up and the fish is like out of the water and then splashes back down into the water. Makes one more run, and then it was done. But he was happy. He came, you know, an hour drive to at least catch something and nice. a few other fish, and it's a good day. It wasn't a bad yeah, day. Yeah, th- this way better than just sitting in a raft with you for an hour. <laughs> Listen to me talk? Oh, God. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, if this guy didn't have a fucking raft, we would not be friends with him. We would not <laughs> be here right now. <laughs> no, I was fun. We did. We had a good time. We had did a you good say, time. Did you say I was fun? I was fun. I was fun out there today. <laughs> right after that, uh, Jordan, I he wasn't looking at his fly. He's stripping it. And, uh, you know, I feel like you feel about hollow flies. I don't fucking fish them. They suck. I don't like them. No. Uh, they're awesome flies. I know. We're, we're the, totally idiots. They are. But I just don't like them. I watched two strips from this hollow fly and a 15-inch fish, smallmouth, come up, and the, the the fly just disappeared. He wasn't looking. I was looking. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I just watched this fly fucking be gone. It was a good-sized hollow fly, too. They work. <laughs> so we get down, and, and Buddy John, he, he, got, uh, he got beat up today one more time. The last time he was in town, it was exactly like that. Yes. Yeah, just like that, Chad. He we we went down to see Chad's pets, and there were people all there like pointing them out from the today from the you know the top. They didn't throw us any bread or anything. Hey, you hillbillies, cast to the, the rock. Well, I, I was like, we were in a little bit of a hurry. I'm like, I got right up on him, you know, close, and Jordan could see him. He's just yelling about the John. John throws one over. Like he just can't connect with one of them for some reason. The one ate, like it ate. I don't know how. No, I don't know how the fuck this fish wasn't like he did the first time, but he lost it. But I don't know how this fish stayed on, or didn't stay on, or wasn't there. Like I went with Chad. It was like one, one. But I don't know. He got beat up by Chad's pets again. Maybe next time. They were still around though. There were there was one huge one. (laughs) No, they don't get. They'll be there in the ice, (laughs) frozen like this. Waiting on bread. I throw in a little uh, grasshopper for him. Yeah, that was that was my day. It was good. They, they, you know, I'm, I'm, you. I did, you know, majority of their own, but it, it's it's fun. You get out. They're they're learning to row, and you know, you're trying to teach somebody, and then they get, then you see it all like starting to click, you know, and everything's starting to go good for them, and they can keep a good distance away from you know the shore and keep a straight line and. You know, sometimes the wind was blowing here and there today, but that's always fun, you know, watching a little bit of your teaching working right out there in front of you. Like even you talking about teaching somebody to cast a little bit here and there. That's a good time. So let, let's talk about a little bit of scheduling while we're on air yep. with, with the guests. Sure. Next week, we're not doing a show, correct? Because next week is the Beast of the East. I don't think any of us are coming back from the Beast and wanting to do a podcast. We. We're gonna be away from our family for yeah, exactly for like three days. We yeah. want to come and hang out with our kids on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, the next week, you lined a guest up, correct? Which is the seventeenth. No, it will not be on the seventeenth. It will. He will be out of town in Nashville on the seventeenth. 
Okay. So we have one. He's for the 24th. The 24th okay. of October. That's fine. The 17th, we need to get a guest. Okay. For sure. Between the three of us, we need to line a guest up we for will. the 17th. 24th, we will have Jay's guest. And then the 31st. A good buddy of ours. Is the following week. I will be driving home from Maryland. So I don't know if we'll be having a show or if you guys want to do one without me. I'm going to. It's a whole month away at this point. We'll just play it Absolutely. We'll, we'll play it by year. But I'm, I'm just trying to let the, the people listening know what's going on. So we're, we're trying our best to do it every week. If, uh, if you guys get it, you get it. If you don't get it, you don't get it, man. But if you do get it, today was a good day. For sure. I will be here. Give us, you know, two to three times a month. We're trying our best, man. <laughs> oh, for sure. Hey, hey, hey. Schedules are busy lately. Oh, yeah. Kids are growing up. They are. And that that's the main that's the main crux to it all. The, mm-hmm. the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine's six days a week. Yeah. Between soccer, dance, band, acting. Absolutely. Yeah. Six days a week. Uh, speaking of that, tonight I had a, a coach appreciation <laughs> for soccer. If you guys are in our local area and have a chance to go out to Nova Cellars, they they hosted tonight's coach appreciation. Go check them out, man. I had a Bloody Mary. It was fucking off the chain. That that's why I've been so talkative tonight. I'm I'm blaming on that Bloody Mary. <laughs> it was all the vodka. Yeah. So hey guys, tonight's show been brought to you by Printer Flygear. Check them out at printerflygear.com. Sims Fishing. Found at simsfishing.com. Eric's Hooks. If you're going to tie Tyne and Eric's, Eric's.com. Hey, check out Mark at Urban Fly Company because tonight's show has been recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Down to Earth Wealth Management. Check out Michael. Our buddy Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, queencityguiding.com. Hey, don't call Bank. Call Frank, man. Yeti, built for the wild. Today I didn't even have to use my AK I gotta say it was a good day